Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation changes? When you work with Edward Jones, they focus on what's important to you. You'll work together and use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And they'll partner with you to help your strategy stay on track. Visit edwardjones.com or stop by the office of Todd Nash in Coralville, Jeff Rudolph, or Scott McGill in Iowa City, or or Travis Whitmore in North Liberty. Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, member SIPC. Oh man, here we go again. Up early, feed the dog, out the door, traffic, at the office, boss in some kind of mood today, no time for lunch, annoying coworker, no time to relax, bedtime. Then we gotta do it all again? Uh, no way. Because the best way to break up the mundane every day is to play. At Wild Rose Casino and Resort, slots, tables, sports, and a whole lot of perks when you join and play with your club wild card. So, let's play. Wild Rose Casino and Resort, Clinton. Fanatic.com brought to you by Patrick Eads and the staff at Deary Brothers Ford Lincoln on Mormon Trek. By Steve Anderson, Hawkeye Title and Settlement. Falbo Brothers Pizza. Mike. Hi, Mike. Mike's locking e-keys for cars. GT Car and his great crew at Supel Siding and Remodeling. Supel's Flowers, the home of 1-800-800-ROWS. Hertin and Stocker Jewelers, 101 South Dubuque Street, downtown Iowa City. Premier Automotive in North Liberty. The Oxyoke Inn in the Amanas. Players Sports Bar and Grill downtown. Henry's Painting, and I will be making an appearance today at Dr. Lance Forbes' Diamond Dental in Cedar Rapids as I get my teeth cleaned. Here's Tom Suter and Pat Hardy from hawkfanatic.com. So is it a paid appearance? At, uh, yes, Diamond I'll dental? be paying <laughs> to, to get my teeth cleaned. <laughs> so, Good morning, I, Mr. Hardy. Good morning. How are things in Hardyville? Yeah. Can't complain. Yeah? All right. Just hanging in there. Yeah. Covering the hawks. How's that going? <laughs> well, we're going uh, to get out of the football lane. For what We've got Lisa Salucci on at 10. I got the numbers, Captain. We're going to call them. And then yeah. soccer coach Dave Diani on at um, 1045. So we're, it's going to be a long one. But we got an hour to just bask in the football. Oh. What do you Miasma. Have God, it's it's interesting. I'm Hello. Nice. Hello. I'll give my Cubs report fast. They've won two games in the Big Apple. They've had good pitching. The offense is still a little bit sparse, but two good wins. So, and I'd love to listen to Lisa Salucci today, but I got to go to my Bible class. Well, um, okay. Well, I've gone to all the. I've gone to all the things that are here at home, and so far they look pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Top five team. It's good to know. So. Uh, okay, well, you guys straighten up, and I'll say a prayer for you. Right. Straighten yeah, up and fly please, right. Please okay. do. <laughs> Bye. Thanks. No hawk discussion. Okay, here's the question. Oh, what's that? 
Okay, uh, Incarnate Word got, uh, I think, 602 yards uh, against Nevada and um, scored 55 points. Do you think we can do half that? Yes. Do you think we will do half that? Yes. I don't think at times it'll look pretty because that's, I mean, Iowa really yeah. hasn't looked pretty since 2002, have they? Not not consistently. 2009, they, they, they averaged, did sometimes. They barely averaged 100 yards rushing a game in 2009. That was a weird stat. They they were like one of the – I think they finished next to last or somewhere way deep in the Big Ten in rushing that year. They, wow. they And 2015, um, they were – when C.J. was healthy, they were sometimes fun to watch. But you remember that game at Wisconsin? Wisconsin, and then the, 77 yards passing. Yeah, and then, the of course, the Rose Bowl, what have you. But, yeah, I, I do. I really do. And I think that's part of the reason they're going to keep Spencer in there because I think they want nothing more than to Spencer to have some success with the offense. And I think they feel they owe it to him to give him what they think is going to be circumstances where things are going to be working well. If they can't run or do anything against these guys, then I then I give up. Then I, and to me though, if they can't do it, I, there's this perception out there. I've had some interesting conversations with people on Twitter, not arguing about because I don't do that anymore, but interesting that. I've had people say, you know, why aren't they giving Padilla a chance? He showed last year he's a gamer. No, what? he didn't. But that's just – and I'm not knocking Alex. I wrote after the season opener, give him a chance. Why not just give him a chance in that season opener when they were just doing nothing? Why not throw him in there for a series or two and see? I'm all for that. I'm not against that. But you, it's like now it's another one of these things where it's tribalism. You're either just all on one side or all on the other side. Now – I mean, it's amazing. In January, I was being called a race baiting woke socialist yeah. libtard who's been out to get Kirk and Brian for dildo libtard. Well, you remember though, who's been out to get Kirk and Brian for years. I've got, I've had a vendetta again. Now I'm being called a Ferentz apologist because the popular thing to do on social media now, right now, especially if you're a media person, is to write that this is ridiculous. Kirk's just, he's just way out of his league now. He, this is ridiculous that he's letting this thing go the way it is, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you can write, because that's going to get you tons of life. Yeah, that's what we want to hear, because that's what fans want to hear. Did right it even now. list the cow come down? I, no, I'll give Chad credit. Chad asked, Chad asked some fair questions yesterday. I mean, he was, he was the one saying to Kirk, you know, Spencer's last six starts, you've scored seven, seven. 17, 3, 7, and 7. And those are all legitimate. And Kirk didn't really have an answer other than, well, he didn't say I'm the head coach, but he's basically saying, well, we're more comfortable with Spencer. And I think they're more comfortable with Spencer because of what they're seeing in practice every day that we're not seeing. But somebody will argue with them, okay, well, fine. Even if Padilla is struggling, just throw him out there and give him a chance. I'm all for that. I'm all for that. The problem I had with Chad's narrative, though, is then right away he goes, and then with Alex, coach, you scored 27 against Minnesota and 33 against Illinois. He was 6 for 17 for 83 yards in one of those games with no touchdowns. So there's this perception now because it feeds the narrative on social media. It's what fans want to hear. It's what fans want to embrace that Spencer, get rid of him. He's the worst. Alex is the answer. And I'm not ready to go there, not because I think Spencer's the answer, but I'm just basing it on what I've heard and what I saw last season from Alex. He was okay. He can move the pocket. But he was 
struggling so much against Nebraska, they pulled him at halftime, put Spencer in, who led him to victory. Wasn't he a 47% yes. passer last year? Yes, and, I, and some of those were drops. Some of those in the Minnesota game when he went six, some of those were drops, but still, they threw for 83 yards in that game, and they still won. But to say that those points were because of the quarterback is, to me, is sort of disingenuous. But you're using that to feed the anti-Peters, anti-Brian, anti-Kirk narrative. I don't right now. think he helped himself, though. I don't think he played well enough to help himself. But well, but I, I mean, when he came out yesterday and and said he doesn't give an ass, I don't think he. Who doesn't give an ass? Uh, Petrus. He came out on social media. Well, well, he didn't come out on social well, media. I mean, he said that on, at the press conference. Yeah, you know, I, but if that's the worst thing he does. Because, I mean, obviously he does, but what's he supposed to say? I, well, God, I care, man. I, I care. I'm, I mean, what do you want him to say? I don't want, I just didn't think he needed to say that. I what, agree, the S word? I agree with I, you. Is your mad because he said the no, S word? No, 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 not at all. I'm mad. I, I, I'm See, mad I and I'm not I, mad. I just don't think he needed to say he doesn't care. He doesn't care about the people ripping him on social media is what he was saying. Okay. He cares about the fans and winning in Iowa football. Yeah. But if he says, yes, I do worry, I, I care about that, I'm so mad that I'm disappointing fat-ass Hawk on social media and Instagram, that's counterproductive. He I, probably shouldn't have said the S word, but he's getting pissed. But in fairness, Spencer, there's one way to shut these people up, play better. Yes. But you can think both things. You don't have to be on one side and be on the other side, but that's how everything is now. But the real popular thing to do now, if you want social media clicks and if you want fans to embrace you and think that you're a tough guy that's willing to take down the establishment you go and write a story that this is ridiculous brian's ridiculous this is nepo this is that this is that and i'm just not ready to go there yet i can't tell you how many people told me yesterday they're done with this team they're, they're not really they're saying no. that because they want to be a part of the social media tidal wave it's fun i had countless people say to me i am done with this team i will not watch them until kirk and brian are gone and then i tweeted last night things are terrible right now on offense but they're one and one no, I had people say, you know, if this, if if Barta wasn't afraid of Kirk and if Kirk didn't run it, he'd be fired by now. No, no he, wouldn't. he wouldn't. No coach would be. Not even close. He's one and one. They're twenty-seven and ten since the start of the two thousand nineteen season. They've won ten games in two of the last three seasons, and they won the West Division last year. No coach, unless there was some kind of you know wrongdoing, Scandal. would be. Yep. In any hot water. So that's all I'm saying to these fans that are swept away by this tidal wave of emotion on social media now. you got to step back from the ledge and just keep it in perspective. Yes, the offense sucks right now. And like I said, I'm not a Ferret's apologist. I said after the season opener, why didn't you give Padilla a chance? Give him a chance. But then I'm also not ready to say just torch everything, get rid of everybody. And I don't think those people that are saying Kirk's should be gone really think that, but that's what they know is going to fuel the fire on social media. And that's where we're at. And what, I think they do think that Brian should be gone. Well, I mean, and that's their right to think that, and that's fine. I And it's not going to happen but, either. At some point, it, at some point, if they keep doing this all season, something will happen. Not during the season, but something will have to happen during the off season. I think. Why well, you I, would think so? I, I would think, and I could be wrong. I know people just think that Kirk runs everything over there, and I just—it's just interesting how emotions can sway so much, and how so much of the social media a narrative can kind of push people. I mean, we're we're all kind of used to. The Iowa offense not being very good. I mean, 
they have yes. are seldom very good under Kirk Ferentz. And Kirk had said yesterday, guys, we're not built to score 50 points. That's not how we do things. You know, he said all that yeah. stuff. And what's interesting is all these people saying, well, you know, you guys wrote all summer about how the offense is going to be. Never wrote one thing. That the some other people did, and now ironically, some of those people that wrote that stuff are now the ones with the, carrying the pitchforks, carrying the pitchforks for the popular view on social media. Now, back in June, it was popular to say we had Budmeyer's here, and look, they're making changes. Look at what the football players said during our summer prep. The offense is changing. Of course, they're going. Remember, we discussed that. Yes. What are they going to say? The offense but, is changing, but now, <laughs> but now those people I think feel okay. let down because they wrote about how the offense was going to be better. Now it's not, so they want answers right yeah. now. They one accountability i remember saying to you guys in the summer guys i have to believe it i have to see it before i believe this offense is going to be any better it is what it is and that was before i realized three of their top three receivers weren't going to be available yeah. for the season start so that's all i'm saying is it's just interesting because yeah I, I mean last night i was called an ap- ferret's apologist a ferret suck ass numerous times and i think one of them i wish i could find it i don't know i think one of them is the same one who called me the libtard woke race bait and socialist who's been out to get ferrets and brian i've been out to get kirk and brian for decades that's just my number one goal decades me, yeah just out to get them out to bury them you know and that's what's interesting about it from my perspective. Well, it's ridiculous. I mean, we've had, you know, we've had both of them on, you know, they come on the station when you when they can and when you ask them to. I don't care about that. I'm not that But I mean, they Well, they didn't come on this year. They didn't they, come on this year. No, and I think and they didn't come on this year. I think they're mad about some of the stuff we've discussed on here. I don't think they liked what Chuck Long said and that's Well, we can't help what Chuck Long We can't help what Chuck Long said and you know, and um I didn't want to do a sit down 3-hour podcast with Brian I, I just no. I don't get that stuff. I, I wanted him on for 15 minutes on the radio, and they respectively declined. And I was never given an exact reason, but I have pretty good re- I don't think the Chuck Long interview helped, but hey, Chuck Long's the greatest quarterback in program history. He can say whatever he wants. Yeah, well, he we can have say no whatever control. he wants. We, we have, have no, no control. Over. We have no control over what Don Patterson says. But Don Patterson is always very fair yes. and guarded with his. And sometimes he'll even admit that he's a little biased because he has so much respect for Kirk. But to me, if you're worrying about what we're saying on the radio station, that's a little ridiculous. And that makes me wonder. They've got some people over there that maybe spend too much time worrying about that stuff when they should be worrying about. Well, how many people are downloading the podcast? I, a lot of people. Oh, a lot of yeah. We have a yeah. No, we have a lot of yeah, people that download so I mean, the podcast. Yeah, but I, I assume we have a lot of. Li- yeah, I mean, I have a lot of people lot that of have probably never listened to the podcast because they listen to it live. Yeah, sure. And that you know, some people do the podcast, others do it live, but um, it's just this. We're two games into this thing, and like I said, they are as bad as bad can be on offense. But you still got to stay the course. I mean, and to think that if you're just going to get Petrus out of there. That it's going to change everything is kind of naive. And but again, I think Padilla deserves a chance. Now Spencer, I will say Spencer resents it when he's asked about the depth chart. And I that's about that's about the only area where I kind of take exception with Spencer a little bit. He's tired of answering these questions. I get I'm it. I'm sure he is. But he's not playing well enough mm. not to answer these questions. No, we are the worst offense New, in America. New Mexico's. And it's not close. New Mexico State's averaging two thirty. They're the so what's one fifty? It's they're averaging like seventy six yeah, yards. Yeah, one. What's one fifty? What's two thirty minus one fifty eight? It's like right around seventy. Yeah, that's where that's the next closest team yeah. right now. My only issue with Spencer is I think he gets a little defensive and I think he gets a little put off by this depth chart discussion. 
But in fairness to us in the media, that's a fair question right now. Yeah. That's a fair question for Ask Spencer to ask Spencer about the depth chart. He doesn't like it. He was a little standoffish. He said the S word yesterday. Well, I wasn't upset at all about the S word. I just, the whole thought is, uh, I can't, you know, he could have just said, I can't care about that. He normally says that. Yeah. But do you realize how many times he was asked by yeah. different waves yeah. of report? And I think by the end of it, he was just finally like... Um, and he'd had it. He'd had it, and I get it. He's human, but it's a fair question. And again, there's only one way to change the narrative, and that's to play better. I mean, if he can't play better Saturday, I don't think he can play better against anyone this year because this, this is the worst team they're going to play. It's not even close. By far. By far. It's not even close. I, I, you never say never. Kirk, Kirk's going to have the right approach. He was talking about that. I just don't see any way they can lose this game because I think they're going to be able to run. I think they're going to be able to dominate the line of scrimmage. This team does have a 6'9 quarterback. I don't know what that, what, what that means. It was funny when we were asking Kirk about it. They, he was asked about, you know, how, how different it is. Kirk's like, you know, I just kind of, it's just weird looking at the guy out there. You know, he's just so tall. He, remind, he said it reminds me of Anthony Nelson when he came in as a freshman defensive end because he was about 6'8. Hello. Hello. Do you want to hear my joke about the Iowa quarterbacks? Is it uh, sh- is sure? It, is it clean with no cuss words? Yeah, it's clean. It just might go over your heads. Ooh. Well, oh, g- let's wow. give it a shot. Yeah, let's give like... it a shot. What was it? Oh, uh, I got it. <laughs> oh, he was over it <laughs> because yeah. he throws it high. Yeah, I got it. Okay, and he exit stage left right away. He didn't stay yeah. for the applause or the no, feedback. I don't feel it. You don't. Suter gave it to him. Yeah, yeah we're in the bell. Suter's. Suter it was looked, a delayed bell, but I just didn't. You didn't like it. it. I didn't like it. Suter did like it. I did. Yeah. Let's see. We can have. Is this tribalism? Your side against his side? Yeah, he's a libtard. <laughs> you guys remember that though in the January when the committee was dissolved and oh, yeah, I, I had sure. the nerve to write that it well, wasn't a bad. I was li- told. When are you going to get rid of Hardy? He's been out to get. I mean, well, I no, had, people wanted you out. Been yeah. out to get Ferentz. Yeah, they for, wanted me to put Padilla. Because <laughs> I've been out to get Kirk and Brian for decades. I've just had a vendetta. <laughs> Who's next in line? After Padilla, Joey Labus. No, you. Oh, for who to replace me? <laughs> I mean, hell, that trash can out that's sitting out in the. Why is yeah? That's gone now. Really? Yeah, thought, we were going to put. Was that symbolic of the Iowa offense? (laughs) And hey, I make fun of the Iowa. How do you not right now? Hello. Good morning. Morning. Does Kirk still have that PR firm under contract? I believe so, yes. They're still there at games. But I assume they're not there on press conference day. Um, not usually. I no. I don't know if they could be in his office waiting for him when he gets back. But but no, I don't. You, I don't see them at press conferences on Tuesdays. But they are there on games. Because it seemed like it did. It seemed like those answers he gave about the quarterback situation didn't. They just they're not sort of answers you'd expect from somebody who has been actually preparing for those questions. Oh, okay. I'm curious. What did you what seemed, What would you What did you think he should say? I mean, if he was prepared, what do you think he should have said? I'm just curious. Well, I think I, I don't know what he should have said, but you know, you, you in most instances that you would want to give short answers to those questions that you really don't have an answer to. But it's when they asked him about what what was the you know what did they see out of Petrus, and he started talking about resume, and then I don't know who it was that came back with you know all the games after the Penn State game on the score. That was Chad. We were talking. Yeah, we were talking about that earlier. That was Chad Leistigo. Number one, I think Kirk was surprised Chad was the one 
pressing him because Chad's usually just right there fawning over Kirk Ferentz. But I'll, like I said, I'll give him credit. I just didn't agree when he went to the Padilla numbers because they were very misleading. But I, I think Kirk is in a situation here where he can't say everything that he wants, that he could say to explain why he's not going to throw the other quarterbacks no. under the bus for practicing poorly. He's no. not going to do that. But I think that's part of what they're dealing with right now. And now some people could say, okay, fine. Chuck Hartley practiced poorly too. I've been pushing this practice thing without, cause I can't confirm it cause I'm not there, but I've just heard that from very good sources that the other quarterbacks just haven't practiced well. I mean, I don't think Kirk's going to say that publicly, but again, you could argue, okay, who cares if he's not practicing? Well, Petrus is terrible during the games. Give him a chance. I see that. I can believe that narrative that's out there, mm-hmm. but I think Kirk is guarded in what he says. Cause he doesn't want to throw any players under the bus publicly. And I think that's what he was kind of struggling with because part of his explanation for why they're sticking with Spencer despite his terrible body of work is the fact that they're not seeing anything in practice that makes them think the other guys are going to do any better. That's that, that's the only way I can explain it. Then that's a real indictment on the coaching if, if that's the situation. Or, or recruiting. Or recruiting. I mean, which is yeah, on the coaches. Well, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. On, yeah, that's Yeah, that's part of coaching too. Sure, sure. Well, let's hope for better on Saturday. Not sure it could get much worse, but well, well we said oh, that yeah. after week one. Yeah, and it, it did. It really could. Yeah, but they lose. all said yesterday on yeah. offense that they were better against Iowa State than they were against South Dakota State. That's the statistics don't really tell the story. And I, I'm not going to fight. That's that's what they're going to say, guys. You realize they got to go out and they have to push some PR na- narratives to to stay positive. Sure. I get all that stuff. But yeah, we'll see. I have a. They're, they're going to win. Sat- I mean, like I said, if they don't win Saturday, then we got a major story. Oh my God! If they don't, it's going to be. Uh... I can't even imagine what it's going to be like. Gone with the wind. You know, it sounded like sailing by Christopher Cross. We got what Farron said on uh, on there. Yeah. Um, I don't need to hear it again. Unless, Harley, if you want to play it again, I mean, well, I've I heard mean, it. if people haven't heard it. Well, I mean, but, it was on YouTube but live. But these aren't. Yeah. I don't know what they're saying. And it was, I think most, most people that want to hear it probably have heard it since it was live on YouTube and it's up. You Now you can get yeah. it off the Iowa YouTube account right now. It, they do all their press conferences live on YouTube. Yeah. Now, I didn't think he handled that well. I think he was kind of hemming and hawing a little bit. But like I said, yeah, what do you, what do you want to I say? think there's more to it than what he's going to say publicly. And he can't do it without saying, well, the other guys just haven't practiced well to have any faith in putting them in he's he's comfortable with spencer which i'm at this point i'm beginning to wonder how you can still be comfortable and like i said guys i like spencer peters he's probably the most interesting guy on this team but he's just not getting it done hello good morning pat how are you good i'm fine good i was wondering uh the racial issues that iowa has had in the past how much do you think that's affecting recruiting Mm, that's a fair question. I've I've had some people ask me that because some people have said to me, "Why are we not? Why are we struggling so much to get receivers?" I mean, you could make that connection, but I think the biggest reason they're struggling to get receivers is because the, the offense. offense is so bad. Yep. Now, I'm sure other schools are using the racial stuff against Iowa. You know they are. Of course they are. Of course they are, and that could be doing some damage. I don't know, but it's out there. It's out there until they get the suit figured out until they decide what's going on it is out there the offensive coordinator is a major part of that lawsuit so i'm sure other schools are using that against iowa so the combination of that and the fact that they rarely recruit great receivers and the offense right now is at an all-time low that's a recipe for recruiting issues thank you very much yep thanks katrina
You knew her. I know her voice, yes. Uh, she had a her. soft, soothing voice. Yeah. It was yeah. soothing. 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 Yeah. Hey, Pat. She sounds like she could read like bedtime You're stories. You're a libtard, Pat. I'm not a libtard, though. An apologist. I am not a libtard or an apologist. I'm just a, I'm just a guy trying to stay in You've my You've always been a, been a fearance apologist, Pat. Yeah, I've always been a... Yeah, it's, but somebody wrote me that last night, and they capitalized apologist in all capital letters because they needed to emphasize the point that that'll, I'm just a worthless... Hello. I'm just a worthless apologist. Yeah, hey, guys. Hey. Um, it's today, though, in my opinion, is... Unacceptable to say that, well, we're, we're just not that good. Because from now on in college football, if your team's not that good or you you need to plug holes or fill gaps or do whatever it is you need to do, you can hit the reset button like a video game as fast as you want with the transfer portal. Oh, yeah. He's uh, to a point. Yeah. Uh, no, I agree. Now, let me, we talked about this a little bit on Monday. In fairness, Kirk, up until – early June thought he was going to have his three top receivers. Yeah. He thought he did. I don't think they really had the time after that. Plus I don't think wide, I don't think a lot of great wide receivers are lining up to join this offense right now. And I, I, I get you though. The portal is an option. I just don't think it's as much of an option that some Iowa fans think. And Kirk doesn't, I don't think does not want to lean heavily on the portal. He doesn't. Now he you can argue that you players. can argue that in an emergency like this, he should buttons. This was a late developing emergency. Charlie Jones waited till very late to leave. And then Keegan, I mean, but okay. Charlie Jones is, is one thing, but I mean, still, uh, offensive line, quarterback. I mean, this is wide receiver. Yeah, I, I get all that, but whatever. But Charlie Jones, he, he was probably only going to get 15 targets the whole season anyway. Which is right? ridiculous, and that's why he left. Charlie Jones. <laughs> exactly. Charlie Jones is probably, talent-wise, the best receiver they had on the team. They just didn't utilize him well. <laughs> and that's why he left. It's, uh, it, just, it, it just gets to a point where when sometimes, man – and 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 I'm a I like Kirk Ferentz. Time comes when you either get with the times or you get gone, man. Because time, the world ain't gonna stop and wait for you just because you're uncomfortable. No, and I get that, but let me counter that. Remember, they won the West in ten games last year, so they I, won because Wisconsin lost to Minnesota. But they still won. That doesn't change the fact that they still won the West and that they're twenty-seven and ten since nineteen, and that they've won ten games in two of the last three seasons. You can't fire that. Whether no matter how frustrated you are right now, it would. It's just nobody would be fired under these circumstances. Now the Brian situation is different. I've said before that I thought Kirk's ultimate demise could be the fact that he's hooked his saddle to his kid. His kid hasn't shown that he can do anything offensively. He hasn't shown that he deserves to stay in the job as long as he has, but that's Kirk's call, and that's where we are right now. But to suggest that time – people have been saying time has been passing Kirk by for 15 years, 15 years, and yet they're still winning a lot more games than they lose. That's all I'm saying. I get it. I just know that, man, it's uh... – you better, they got to do something. I know, you're frustrated. I get it. The offense okay, is a mess. Okay, then let me ask you this. Okay, now Nebraska went that route, and they've been plugging holes with the, the portal, I mean majorly, and they just fired their coach. And they've hired, how many I'll, coaches have they fired since Tom Osborne? Four. I'll, four, yeah. Okay, and I, and I, I, get, I get all that, but I'm going to tell you this. The Nebraska deal with Scott Frost this year, as yesterday on the radio station, it's going to come out here. 
this is not, and this is not going on at Iowa. But the reason why, I mean, they had guys that were just, they just hired idiots at Nebraska. Well, I mean, they Mike shouldn't Riley, have brought him back this year. Me? Bo Pelini. I mean, all these guys have had issues. They've been caught in bars, partying, passing out in bars in Lincoln. When you hire people like that, that's the product you're going to get, is what they have on the field. You imagine Kirk okay. like, passing out in bars in Iowa I don't, I don't believe City. that Iowa would hire an idiot like that. Yeah. Kirk's down at the dead. Well, I was hired, well, maybe not an idiot, but I was made plenty of bad hires on the, on the football front. Yeah. Yeah. It's just they haven't well, done it in the last 40 years. And Lick Lighter, there's well, been a lot of bad hires. before my time. Yeah. But I get what you're saying, and you echo a lot of the sentiment of fans right now. They're frustrated. They want change. But I think you got to be realistic in what changes you want right now. We're two games into a season. All right, man. Have yeah, a good but one. I always hey, appreciate your call. feedback, man. For I get, sure. I get no what problem. he's saying. And he does rep- oh, he know, represents the fans right people now. People have – I mean, I get it. We have the worst offense in the country. There is mm-hmm. nobody even close to as bad as this offense is. And I don't care. Point your fingers wherever you want to point them. Kirk can, can say, well, you know, blah, 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 blah. The worst offense in America. Yes. Without I mean, question. I mean, and if anybody it, has a right to pass out in a bar right now, it's it's Kirk. You imagine with the Deadwood at 145. <laughs> he's got like a Pink Floyd t-shirt on. <laughs> I didn't realize that Nebraska coaches were passing out at bars. <laughs> I guess I didn't No, listen, they did an expose on Channel 6 out there. I knew Omaha. Frost had some issues. Oh, no, they've had. Now, Mike Riley was never caught it, in a bar. No, out. it's not. Yeah. But Bo uh, Pelini, does anyone doubt that? I don't. That I don't know. But But the whole thing is, you know, here we've had problems before in the past with players. They're, they haven't had problems with the players. It's business staff. And they ran, the, they ran down a list of uh, staff members that have been in, in trouble uh, since they got to Nebraska. Yeah. Uh, hello. Good morning, gentlemen. Um, I want to touch on something that you guys have already sort of touched on. Uh, two points here. Um, I want to give it one example. It's Texas brought in a, a freshman quarterback, Quinn Ewers, I think is his name, and he played really well against Alabama until he got hurt. And he beat out a two-year starter who was also a very highly ranked recruit. He was also the number would one quarterback. Would that ever happen here? He was also that the ever no- happen here where they bring in somebody and he would beat out an established he, starter even if he was better? He was also the number one quarterback recruit in the country, a five-star recruit. So Iowa doesn't get players like that. He's better than any – Quinn Ewers will be in the NFL in a year or two. I mean, he's just better than anything Iowa's ever had. So to me, that's apples and oranges. I mean, I think if Iowa got the number one quarterback recruit in the country and he came in and was slinging it, I think he would play. They don't get that. They never have. They never will. Okay. Second point is we have four quarterbacks on scholarship, mm-hmm. correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, what does that say about our recruiting analysis for quarterbacks if none of them are good enough? Because that's basically what the coaching staff is saying. None of these guys are good enough to beat out. No, a guy I, who's performing as I don't agree with that either. Car- Carson made the true freshman's not ready yet. I mean, he's. I don't think they're saying. Yeah, they're saying he's not good enough, but he's a true freshman. He's not ready. Chuck Long didn't play as a true freshman. I think you gotta. The other two guys are young. The Padilla. It's but this is about Padilla. He's in his fourth year, and like I've said before, I think they deserve. He deserves a chance, but he did not do anything last year 
And you agree with this, Tom. Yeah, completely. He didn't do enough last year in the games that he played to show that he is clearly better than Spencer Petras. In fact, they had to bench him against Nebraska because he wasn't play, playing very well, and they put Petras back in. I, I think it's that. Now, if you want to critique their quarterback recruiting, but Fair I enough. think you still got to let Labus and Carson May give them a little bit more time before you just say they're not. I don't, Carson May is just, I don't think he's ready. Rarely does Iowa play a true freshman at quarterback. They just don't do that. Uh, okay. Um, I guess I, um, did. Oh, you can I, disagree I with everything. That's, you can disagree with everything no, I'm saying. No, no, no. I'm just saying that, okay, you made a point that this guy at Texas was the best quarterback. In well, the he was country, the number one. Yes. I believe he was the number one quarterback recruit. He went to Ohio State last year. He's so good. He skipped his senior year of high school last year, went to Ohio State. But C.J. Stroud okay. emerged as a really good quarterback. And I knew once Stroud emerged, I knew Ewers was going to be gone because Quinn Ewers is probably on a three-year. He thinks that in three years he'll be leaving for the NFL. The way he played in that first quarter against Alabama, Alabama, he looked like a future NFL quarterback. He was slinging. Oh, he, he looked awesome. But, yeah, I this mean, is no really, mystery. Really. He was the number one quarterback recruit in the country. But we don't have anyone like that no. on our team. Alex Padilla is not Quinn Ewers, and I'm not knocking Alex, but he's not. No, I, I was talking about any freshman that they bring in because this goes back to where one of the coaches said our offense is so complicated that it takes even a talented athlete at quarterback we can't put him in there right away because it's too complicated. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I've heard them say that. I, I, I kind of take that. I kind of roll my eyes at that. I don't think Iowa's offense is any more complicated than anybody I don't else's. think it is either. They do put a lot on the quarterback to, to read to read the defense. But most teams, and, every team does that. I mean, every team puts a lot. Of, quarterbacks are the ones calling audibles at the line of scrimmage. That's part of being a quarterback. But when I watch Iowa's offense, I, it doesn't look complicated to me. It looks incredibly simple. Well, and no. – it looks to me like the defenses the defenses don't have any trouble figuring out Iowa's offense. I think it's more a case that Kirk is just afraid of trouble and turnovers and breakdowns with young, inexperienced players. He's not willing to take chances. He, like I wrote last week, his offense is like my clothes. He wants to be old and comfortable. Kirk wants to be comfortable. He, Kirk wants to avoid mistakes more than he wants to create big plays. That's how I would describe him. Now, do I agree with that totally? No, but that's who he is. And he will argue by saying, guys, yeah. I made it this far. I've made it this far. It's worked. That's going to be Kirk's argument if, if you push comes to shove. Guys, he will bring up the success they've had since 2019. Cause fair you, enough. Because you can't just ignore it. No. You can't ignore it. If they were 5-7 yeah. and seven and 19 and 6-6 six and six and 20 and 4-8 and eight last year, I'd be saying get rid of him. But they're not. They're 27-10. Okay. and 10. Uh, Pat, are you, are you friends with Todd Bromwell-Kayam, sort of. Yeah, we all are. Yeah, Yes, all of us. Yeah. Oh, okay, no, Captain, okay. actually, you hate him, don't you, Captain? I, I want to bring up a couple <laughs> no, things I'm kidding, that Todd. on his show the other day. Sure, okay, Todd ahead. getting uh, some free no. pub. He, re- he referred to John Steppe and then Mike Colas, and I can't remember the questions, but Mike Colas really came right after Steppe, and he, was, he played all that, the questions and then the answers, and he basically went on a rant that he said, Kurt, is insulting the fan base with these answers. And I don't know if you agree with that or not, but... Um, I haven't really given it that. I mean, I could okay. see Todd making that argument, but my problem with it is I still think there's a lot of stuff that Kirk doesn't feel he can say publicly to truly explain right. some of the decisions he makes. 
Whether they're right or wrong, well, I'm not saying that because obviously the quarterback situation, they got to fix it. But I think there's times when Kirk maybe comes off as being dismissive and disingenuous because he can't say what he wants to say without insulting people that he doesn't want to insult. That's well, the- well, and, and the, the point of their questions was not the offense is a little off and it's not performing. It's how did it fall this fast over the last two years? And somebody's got to be responsible. And I think Mike Law said you can't put all this on injuries. No, and not he, at all. He, no, I don't he, think any. It's any. I don't think they're questioning it because the offense is underperforming. They're questioning it because the offense is simply not performing at all, and they're just wondering why this, why such a massive turn, not turnaround, but why is it falling off a ledge all of a sudden? I guess that's. The and point I they think were trying to what make. I'm saying is, and I think for Kirk to answer it truthfully, he would have to say things publicly that he doesn't want to say. Whether you, I'm not saying I agree with what he may say, but I think there's a lot of stuff that he can't say because he doesn't want to hurt feelings. He doesn't want to throw players under the bus and what have you. And I do think Kirk puts a lot of stock in how you practice. And maybe he needs to soften that grip a little bit and be willing to throw caution to the wind and give Padilla a chance if Spencer, even if Spencer practiced way better than him all this last week. I've said that before, but yeah. I do think that's part of it. My, my thing with Alex Padilla, and you've, you've mentioned this because you're saying put him in the first game. I agree 100%. Just that's give him a chance, a series or two. History. Just to- but 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 we keep referring to his performance last year. There's we don't know if he's improved until he gets put on the field and is asked to perform. We don't know if he's better than he was last year until well, but, he gets a chance. But to prove Kirk, it. Kirk does Kirk know. Kirk does know, but he's only basing it on practice. And the critics yes. will say you can't base it on practice. You got to play it in a game. Well, a lot of coaches base what they see in practice. They, and they most of what they, they have to. Kirk Kirk knows about Alex Padilla's progress a lot better than anybody on Twitter, than anybody in the media. And but I don't think he can say completely what he wants to say without offending people. I, I know I'm echoing, repeating myself, but that's what I think it is. Well, that's because he's got a lot of integrity, and he's not Scott Frost, I guess. <laughs> there you go. Hey, for thanks, sure. guys. All right, thank you. Hey, thanks for the call. But this this narrative that Padilla, Padilla showed last year that he's a winner and a gamer, I mean, okay, they won the three games, but Spencer's got a winning a good – well, at one point, Spencer had won like what, almost – Twelve straight. Yeah, so yeah. the winning stuff, you can say that about both quarterbacks. All I'm saying is last year when Alex was in, he didn't seize the opportunity. No, and he, he, he had the, the opportunity to seize the mantle and, and run with it, and he didn't do it. And he did The other thing that I find interesting, I'm getting a lot of – well, you know, Pat – this has been going on for a while. The, the, the apathy from fans, this has been building. And they sold out so, all seven games. <laughs> and when you say that to them, then they disappear. But I had a lot of people, this apathy has been building. Fans are pissed. They've, they've had enough. They're tired. They're not going to show up. Sad. Tickets are sold out. Ah, jeez. You know, I heard the same thing, and I can name the people that said it, uh, when, they were, <clears throat> when they were allowed to kneel. Well, I'll never go to another Hawkeye game again. And it's sold out. Yes. I, so I mean, so the apathy that thing, that's more of a prisoner of the moment because the offense yeah. is so bad right now. You want to make all these sweeping statements, but you know, you got to at least be truthful. And I've got, you know, people saying, uh, I'm not going, I, yeah. I'm not going until they fix this well, offense. The seat's still sold. Yeah. The money's there. 
Yeah, it's they, and they go. It's a bunch of crap. It's like people call us. And, I'm not listening. I'm to I'm never you listening to you. How about the guy who called in? The guy at the high V who's who's with his wife ripped me. Says I quit listening to your guys' show and you and that loudmouth Captain Steve. And, and no, this wasn't the Pittsburgh guy. And he called <laughs> you like a Hawkeye apologist and called me just a bait clicking. And and then his I look at his wife and she's like. He still listens. And then he started bitching about what we were talking about. I'm like, sir, if you don't listen, how do you know what we talked? Well, I don't listen most of the time. Then he walked away. They listen. Yeah. If they're bitching like that, they probably do listen. Some guy did say on on Twitter, I saw, well, maybe they're they're no good because they're injuring themselves kneeling. (laughs) Someone really said that? Injuries at wide receiver are a factor, but... There's so they much are. dysfunction beyond just that that that's not that that's not going to cure no, everything. Just, but it would help to get Keegan Johnson and Nico Regani back. I it mean, it would, would definitely and help. The, you know, the offensive line in Kirk's perfect world. You know, he's got uh, two fifth year in his perfect scenario, two fifth year seniors starting, uh, uh, two juniors, and a, a quality sophomore or second year sophomore. You know, that's what he wants his offensive line to look like, and it doesn't. He doesn't have any fifth-year guys. In Jack there. Plum. But he's not playing He played much. a lot Saturday. Not, played, not a lot. He played, he played a decent amount. So, But, see, that's just not – and Nick, um, like I've said this before, the line is not young and inexperienced. That narrative is stupid. Um, their left tackle started 16 games in a row. I mean, how is that young and inexperienced? Yeah, I know. There are other t- – I mean, they Nick got- DeYoung started a bunch of games. Connor Colby's in his second year as a starter. He's young, but, I mean, like I've said before, James Daniels was gone from here after three years. So this thing that the offensive line is young and inexperienced is just as – what's his name from It's a Wonderful Life? That's sentimental hogwash. <laughs> it's just not true. I mean, they're well, starting left tackles. Well, they're be, not very good. That's that's fine, but that's different than saying they're young and inexperienced. They're starting left tackles getting ready to make his 17th consecutive start in a regular season game at left tackle. Mason Richmond, that's a lot of experience. The center is inexperienced, and he's in a second year, and he's struggling big time. So I'll give you that one, but, this fa- but these people act like this offensive line is just young and makeshift, and it's not. I mean, there's plenty of it. They missed Justin Britt. Of course, he would have been a fourth-year junior, but he barely has played up until yeah. this year. Yeah. But Jack Plum is a fifth-year senior who played a lot of games last year. He's healthy. They've got guys there. But when is the offensive line ever very good? Well, it's worse. Name a year uh, when the uh, offensive line know, has been dominant. I mean, it's... It, 2002. Brian is not the guy for this. No, that's uh, becoming pretty evident that yeah, Brian's in over his head. Yeah, he's in over his head. He's, and, in, he's definitely in over his head, but and, you don't hire somebody that you can't fire. I think that, don't you guys agree? Although, Yeah. Although you guys, if you had to fire Molly, it would be you instead of him, wouldn't it? You're not going to yeah. fire your daughter. No. You see, that's, and Gary Barta's not going to fire Brian without Kirk's permission. I'd have when Tommy you, do it. You'd have Tommy. <laughs> I'm too Have Hunter do it. Technically, Tommy is the, he's the program yeah. director. Yeah. So he's Molly's. I would like to, Tommy would fire. Molly. I think Molly would. Yeah, whatever, dude. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, she'd kick him out of. She'd studio. be like Trump, man. She wouldn't leave. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I ain't firing Molly. I was kidding. I was using that as a <laughs> I an <know>. example. There's <clears throat> besides she performs. There's guys. There's. I mean, there's some serious nepotism going on over there, and I think we know that. Chuck Long brought that to light, and. When I remember when Kirk made Brian the quarterback coach, I remember thinking, yeah, this, 
is not going to end well, I don't think. Hello? Hey, good morning. Um, I think the most disappointing thing to me has just been the development of uh, the quarterback position. I mean, Iowa has developed great players at at other positions, but fair statement. Our quarterbacks just don't seem to develop at all. And what's that? Coaching? Well, it has to be. I mean, yeah, that and some of it's on the quarterbacks too. But the thing you can say is it's hard. There haven't been many quarterbacks who were better as seniors than they were as juniors or sophomores at Iowa. Drew Tate wasn't. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's that's James Vandenberg wasn't. C.J. Beathard wasn't. Um, you could uh, Ricky Stanzi. They won eleven games his junior year. They won eight games and lost five his senior year. So yeah, there is something to be said for that. Quarterback development to me is an issue. Yeah, and you know, it's it's not really where they start; it's where they end up, and and it just doesn't seem to me like uh, that. There seems to be a whole lot of difference between. Um, those that start as sophomores and when they get to be seniors, they yeah, making I mean, the fair enough. Mistakes. Fair enough. No, I'm with you. I've I've actually written about that before. I mean, it hasn't. I mean, Brad Banks was a one year starter. Nate Nate Chandler was a one year starter. Drew Tate was the offensive player of the year as a sophomore. Oh six, he got benched for a team that ended up going six and seven. Yeah, yeah, it's it's disappointing, no doubt about it. Well, onward and up for Saturday. There you go. Onward and upward. Onward and You think Alford's going to give that Nevada team a little pep talk before they board that plane? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we better take a break. Who so do you I think, get, do you think uh, Alford will be sort of secretly pulling for Iowa? No. Not. Not at all. No. No. Not at all. No. Oh, and hey, um, how about that, that cameo crap? I didn't even know that stuff existed until Stoops and I, You know, it was, I, I said, it's, I can't, oh, cameo. You know, I mean, yeah, you don't think about it. But Didn't he, they he, do Fantastic they Voyage? Oh, Coolio, I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't know anything about Cameo. I do think it's a little ridiculous that there's no accountability for it, that you can just do that stuff. But then I said that on Twitter. Oh, you free, this guy, yeah. socialist, you want to eliminate free speech. No, I just want you to have to be, I think what they did to Fran and Stoops was ridiculous, don't you? I didn't watch it. That means I didn't Tom does, find it interesting enough to even. That means watch Tom it. doesn't want to talk about it. So no, yeah. I didn't watch it. No, I, don't I didn't watch it, it either. But I, I, well, I did watch. I mean, it was nine, One was nineteen seconds. It's not like it. One what? I don't even know what you're talking. They about. did a promotion yeah. for somebody named. Do you know what cameos are? Uh, cameo appearance. I know what that is. Okay, you know this is. Fran you, does fifty dollars online. Cameo. Yeah, it costs fifty dollars. Well, Stoops is two fifty. Yeah, Stoops is two fifty. You get them to promote stuff for you. Okay. Yeah, and then they'll do it online. Like a birthday and, for and, somebody or somebody who's video so- and audio. Okay, and somebody and, duped them into doing something for somebody named Brian, and have, one of them even had. Um, one of them even. I I think they would prefer that you don't play it. Uh, okay, we played it already. Well, I'm sure you did. Then if you want to play it again, but the one with Fran, they went as they went yeah. as far as to say, hey, make sure you tell Brian good luck as you get back to New England. They really scripted it. And yeah, the, I just yeah, find I that's just social. That's social. It got you, own you. And then people are oh, these guys, whoever did this to Stoops and Fran are geniuses, man. I love. I just no, think that's just petty just, social media crap. Yeah, it's, just, it's mean. It's mean, yes. and it's putting them in a bad position. Yes, I mean, Fran had to release a statement last night saying... It's just disrespectful. It's disrespectful. Yeah. But I'm not trying to eliminate free speech. I do find it... There's ways to find out who did that. Their credit card. 
Oh, but yeah. somebody yeah. went to a lot of trouble yeah. to, to embarrass Brian Ferentz by using Bob Stoops and Fran. And if I was Bob Stoops and Fran, I'd be pissed. Yeah, they use people. I didn't realize that you can hire celebrities to say nice things. And then I, I knew that. I didn't I no know idea. it was called a cameo. I had That's no my idea. problem. I had no idea that existed until I saw that thing the other night. I'm like, what the hell is this? But that's more on me because I'm not a real social media guru by any means. I, it's in the back of my brain. I never would do it. I mean, I didn't, you know, you want to say something to somebody, say it. But Stoops was, I mean, he did it from his office. It was like yeah. literally 20 seconds long. Yeah. And, and some guy paid two for hundred and fifty dollars to do well, it. Well, look at all the look at all the attention yeah. they're getting on social media. That's what it's about, guys. I mean, attention, clicks on social media is what drives a lot of people, and in the media, it's what drives a lot of people. I think the well, then number they one... should come out and say we did it. I agree. Be accountable. Yeah, maybe they will. I got some guy hiding behind an alias on Twitter yesterday, ripping me for hiding behind an alias because I have a picture of my dogs as my avatar, even though on my address it says me who I work yeah, for. I mean, but this guy didn't have, and he eventually went away. I'm like, what are you saying? I go, everybody knows that's me. I've had the same Twitter picture, and I'll never change it. It's my dogs. I don't need to have a picture of myself staring into a cell phone. Oh, like, so, you, like why do that. people do? I don't. Why do no people idea. do profile photos like that? Huh? It's a picture of them staring into their cell phone. What is? What, does I don't that know. I had a something? picture that I was somebody took of me. And I'm not knocking people for having their own profile picture. I wouldn't I, use an avatar. I just don't happen right. to have one, and I, I'm de- that's my tribute to my dogs. Yeah. But it's not like I'm hiding. It's my name's there, Hawk Fanatic, your prep sports. It's all right there. I think I Casey have, JJ? Uh, I think I have Herky as my avatar instead of a picture, I think. Well, I got my... I mean, if you want to play... Do you want to, into a do you want to play the can in case... Go ahead I and play it. I don't you care. Go ahead and play it. I mean, they're, they're big it's, boys. It's on there. What, uh, McCaffrey? McCaffrey? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just a second here. Okay. Hey, Brian. Fran McCaffrey here. I wanted to reach out and let you know that all of us in the Hawkeye family are thinking about you. Your family loves you. Your dad loves you. The Hawkeyes love you. Maybe think about making a move back to New England. But wherever you go, wherever you are, the Hawkeye family will always be with you. I mean, that's, I mean, they really pulled one on him. Yeah, they did. And if I was Fran, I'd be pissed. Well, I'm sure he is. I'm sure he is. I I don't find it funny. I don't find it funny. funny. But we're the old curmudgeons who are against free speech. This has nothing to do with free freaking speech. No, it's disrespect. I mean. Yeah, that. It's disrespectful. It really sums up. The internet, uh, 80% of the internet. It's disrespectful. It's his word, too. Mean. You know? it, it is mean. It it's is mean. mean. It's mean. I mean, honest to I God. Mean, it's mean to Fran, and it's mean to Brian Ferentz. Yes. You know, I have people, and I know some of these people because I figured it out after talking. You know, they'll be the nicest people on the air. Uh, they'll call me up, and then they get on. Uh, and I hardly get on Twitter. When I do, I get off of it right away because they just want to fight, and I'm not—I'm not fighting, I, and I'm not debating on my Facebook page. They—they'll friend me and say, "Hey, you're the greatest uh, DJ of all time," whatever crap, which I'm not, mm-hmm. you know. And then I'll—I'll I'll friend them, 
and they'll just and they'll it's a, I'll post a picture of my dog and they'll go I bet that dog supports Trump <laughs> you know I mean I get that crap all, let's, let's, all the time. Let's take a break. So yeah, I, yeah. I need to get you these numbers. And yeah, yeah we're going to have Lisa on at 10. And we can talk about something other than football. That for sounds good. We'll be right back. 1-800-800-ROSE. 1-800-800-ROSE. Your FTD florist is the only number you need to know to send flowers anywhere in the country or Canada from anywhere in the country. 1-800-800-ROSE. It's so easy. Just remember one number. 1-800-800-ROSE. Your FTD florist. 1-800-800-ROSE. Remember... For a gift that your loved one will treasure for a lifetime, find it at our family-owned jewelry store in Iowa City, Pertine and Stocker Jewelers. We can show you diamond engagement rings, colored stones, fashion jewelry, and watches. Our jewelers are on site, so we can design jewelry for that special person in your life. We are Hertine and Stocker, serving Iowa City and the surrounding area for three generations. Hertine and Stocker Jewelers, downtown Iowa City, and HertineandStockerJewelers.com. As for Willa, Terry, Tim, or Kate, one of us is always there. Over the years, car keys have gotten extremely complex. Mike's Lock and E-Keys for Cars can generate the most technically advanced automotive keys on the market today. Mike's Lock and E-Keys for Cars can produce most conventional, transponder, sidewinder, and remote-headed keys. If you've lost the keys to your car or simply need a duplicate, call 330-9185. Mike's Lock and E-Keys for Cars has the technology to keep you on the road. Call 330-9185 and schedule an appointment today. Downtown Iowa City's best new restaurant and bar is Players Sports Bar and Grill. From Big Burger Mondays, Tex-Mex Tacos, and a variety of soups, salads, and vegetarian options as well. Players Sports Bar and Grill also features their famous Chicago Dog and the Iowa Dog, an all-beef bacon-wrapped hot dog smothered in corn relish, bacon, and ranch. Located at 219 Iowa Avenue, Players Sports Bar and Grill has both socially distanced dine-in and carry-out through Chomp Delivery. Daily deals and full menu options are on the website, playersic.com, or place an order at 319-800-2199. That's 319-800-2199. Players Sports Bar and Grill, great food, craft cocktails, and the ultimate place to watch your favorite sporting event. Henry's Painting in Coralville is your premier source that offers free estimates, fair pricing, and quality work. Owner Henry Herrera is an Iowa City West alum who uses only Sherwin-Williams products for his projects. With cooler weather upon us, it's time to consider interior repaint jobs for your home or business. Find them online at henryspaintingcontract.com, on Facebook, or give Henry a call at 319 319- 333-9796. Henry's Painting. They don't cut corners, they paint them. Hi, this is Patrick Eads, owner of Deary Brothers Lincoln in Iowa City. Let me tell you why right now is an absolute great time to buy a new Lincoln. Custom order the exact vehicle you want from interior and exterior colors and a full range of equipment content. Your vehicle, your way. Plus, with an unusually high used car market, trade-in values are more now than we've ever seen before. Stop by Deary Brothers Lincoln at Highway 1 and Mormon Trek, Iowa City. 
GT Car, owner of Supel Siding and Remodeling, offers service and quality that is unmatched in the area. At Supel Siding and Remodeling, their trained professionals will install and guarantee the products used in any size job done. Regardless of the project, Supel Siding and Remodeling will stand behind their quality products and installation with exceptional customer service. Whether it's a window replacement, a kitchen remodel, or a house addition, our employees are committed to quality. Visit sales at souples.net or call 337-2246. Car won't go into gear? Call Premier. Premier Automotive in North Liberty offers full-service mechanical auto repair, in addition to being Eastern Iowa's most trusted name in auto body repair. Use Premier for all your auto repair needs, brakes, oil changes, air conditioning, diagnostics, transmissions, or preventative maintenance. Whether you hit a deer or your car won't go into gear, see Premier Automotive in North Liberty. Get ready for a pizza experience like no other. Falbo Brothers Pizzeria features high-quality ingredients combined with traditional pizza technique. From their New York-style thin crust, Chicago-style deep dish, to stuffed pizza when you want it. Falbo's pizzas are handmade and cooked in stone deck ovens. Check out the carryout special. Either a two-topping extra-large thin crust or single-topping large deep dish pizza pie for only $11.99. Falbo, South Gilbert and Iowa City, Cross Park Road in Coralville. Check Facebook for specials and get 15% off your first delivery or carryout order by signing up online at FalboBrothersPizza.com. Falbo Brothers Pizza, buy the pie or buy the slice. Don't let just anyone take care of your smile. At Diamond Dental, you can expect compassion, expertise, and a personalized care plan to protect your teeth for life. With more than 30 years of combined experience, Dr. Forbes and his staff are prepared to tackle even your toughest dental problems, leaving your smile healthy and sparkling. Diamond Dental offers a full range of general and cosmetic dentistry, as well as dental treatment options for snoring and sleep apnea. It's never too early to start thinking about what's best for your smile. Schedule an appointment today by calling 319-390-3703 or visiting the office at 5815 Consul Street Northeast, Suite D1 in Cedar Rapids. You can also visit DiamondDentalPC.com for more information. Dr. Forbes is a proud sponsor of the Hawkeye Wrestling Club and the Inner Circle. Let the Diamond Dental team provide superior care for your entire family. Dear U of I, just a note to let you know, if you're ever thinking about selling Kinnick Stadium or Carver Hawkeye Arena, please consider Hawkeye Title and Settlement. We're here to provide efficient, high-quality real estate title and closing services. Signed, Hawkeye Fan Forever, and send. Hi, this is Steve Anderson with Hawkeye Title and Settlement. Whether it's a large commercial property or if you're buying your first home, remember, we're here to help. Hawkeye Title and Settlement Services of Iowa City. You'll love our team just like you love the Hawks. Hi, this is Bill Eichstring of the Oxyokin. Especially now, all of us need a little comfort. The Oxyokin has been offering comfort for over 80 years. From our signature recipes, quality of food, and family-style service, to historical ambiance, a return to the Oxyokin is like a warm hug, with lunch, dinner, and banquets daily. You can still order curbside carryout, including our famous Pies to Go. And take the comforting taste of the Oxyoke home with you to share at your family's table. Visit Oxyokin.com for hours, menus, reservations, weekly specials, and gift cards. From our family to yours, we can't wait to see you again soon. And we'll be glad you're here at the Oxyokin in the heart of Amana. The Oxyokin. 
From the Hurtine and Stalker Studios in the heart of the Hawkeye Nation, this is the mighty 1630 KCJJ Iowa City. Hurtine and Stalker Jewelers, making memories, making it's going to be warm and dry here as we head through the week. Our only real chance of scattered showers will be mainly often on this weekend. And even then, it's not that great of a chance. Today, mostly sunny. We'll get to 83 this afternoon. The wind out of the southeast at 5 to 15. Tonight, clear 59. Tomorrow, partly cloudy, 84. We'll stay in the mid-80s on Friday and Saturday, climbing into the upper 80s by Sunday and Monday. I'm meteorologist Sean Cable on the mighty 1630 KCJJ. Currently it's 54. KCJJ weather brought to you by Plum Supply. Plum Supply kitchens and baths. Your home never looks so beautiful. Hogfanatic.com is back and Lisa Salucci is on. All right, coach. Good morning. First off, uh, you got a, a great team again this year. Um, and nobody can accuse you of uh, playing patsies. Uh, having your second match was against uh, number two, North Carolina. Yep. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that game? They lost it in overtime, but it was a heck, yep. of a, heck of a game. Heck of a game, yeah. I mean, we, we've, the last 22 years, we've opened up with the ACC Big Ten Challenge, always playing North Carolina and Wake Forest. And uh, as you mentioned, yeah, North Carolina usually number one or number two in the country at that point, and Wake Forest a top 20 team too. So, you know, we had a great uh, win on Friday night against Wake in overtime, um, and then, you know, we really took it to, to North Carolina, and, you know, we did have a have a two-goal lead in the game, um, and then uh, a little bit the wheels fell off. It was it was probably a result of playing a, an overtime game, you know, on Friday, and then we're just a little short in depth right now. We had two unfortunate injuries at the time, and it was a good good 90 degrees. Sounds like excuses, but some of our international players, we play much better if the weather's under 70. <laughs> so I'm always looking at the weather, hoping for that. But, you know, it was a great game. Our goalkeeper, Grace McGuire, played unbelievable. Um, had a complete season high in saves and just literally was, was tossing North Carolina away uh, shot after shot. And, you know, we... Um, we we held on to a two one lead well into the late in the third quarter and then uh you know they pulled their goalkeeper so we were they were up one and then we unfortunately got a, a really harsh uh, yellow card so we were down two players which is what kind of resulted in in their comeback and we did force them to overtime and lost a heartbreaker but you know it was it was a great battle and uh, North Carolina really wanted some re- revenge from our win against them last year uh, in the same tournament and and we battle with them every year so. Good test for us. In the end, it doesn't hurt us. It actually gives us points within our NCAA tournament uh, resume, more so than playing, you know, a lesser skilled team. And it really gave us some great things to work on. Lisa, is it fair to say there's not much difference between like the first ranked team and the sixth ranked team in field hockey? Is that, I mean, in football? Very fair. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's there's not. I mean, really between the the top in the top ten. Um, the parity, I mean, it, we're talking a player here or there or a strength here or there on the field, but it's it's very close. Yeah, all of these games are highly contested. So when you go into a match depth-wise, what is ideal, a number of players that you need to have? I mean, what yep. what's the ideal amount Great of depth question. that you need? 
I mean, really for us to be able to be able to go 15, about 15 strong would be ideal. Um, More so just because of the front field and the midfield. I mean, these players, if they're on, they're on the field for 90% of the game, they're running about six miles (laughs) Um, and it's just a total speed and power thing. So, um, you know, when we were playing in North Carolina right now, we we're we're really a little bit still lacking depth with a, with a big major injury, but we're, we're getting, getting healthier and getting people out there. So, you know, we just have some student athletes who have played minutes their entire career and haven't come off the field. I mean, our backfield, they just, they don't come off. <laughs> and that's been a hallmark of ours for a long time. Um, and, you know, we're, we're able to play within that. But, you know, we need a little bit more depth up, up front in our midfield right now. And with your coaching style, we always hear with football and men's basketball, what Fran McCaffrey plays up-tempo. Mm-hmm. Some, what is your yep. style? For somebody who's not real familiar with field, are you more of a defensive coach? Sure. How would you describe your yeah. philosophy? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, so I was a goalkeeper, obviously, here mm-hmm. in Iowa, so defense is paramount to me. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I think our my hallmark a little bit more, we're a more possession-based style. I mean, we do, we can play fast and up-tempo, and we play fast in transition, but we definitely, are, our hallmark is just, um, you know, relentless defensive pressure from top to bottom um and especially in our in our red zone which is would be our defensive 20 25 and so we really limit other teams opportunities and chances and it gets them very frustrated um we've tried to be a bit more like i said a little faster in transition and that we have some players who can really expose other teams when we get going um but yeah for sure i'm a little bit more of a a defensive coach so that's why i have a great staff that fills out uh uh, and completes me on the offensive side of the ball too. So uh, uh, some of the Iowa coaches, uh, uh, Coach Ferentz for one, uh, recruits a certain type of athlete. He likes to yeah. to get kind of a working class mentality, uh, uh, somebody who's going to give you know one hundred percent every second and develop over time. Is that the kind of athlete that you like to have as well? A hundred percent. And I think that's been a big hallmark of hallmark of Iowa City like for years, even when I played here. I mean, you know, we're, where we're located for our sport. I mean, it's not we're, we're not getting the top, top, top recruits in the country every year. But we are our one of our hallmark, hallmarks is really being able to develop players as they go through school. Um, and, you know, that that has been a, a recipe for us that has really, really worked. And then those student athletes who want to be at a place like Iowa and, and represent us on on this national stage, but they know they're going to have to work and we're going to have to be fit and show a lot of grit and just a lot of resilience um, in a lot of these matches. And, and you maybe I think a, a piece for us is, you know, we don't have as large squads as a lot of other people around the country, and that's for a lot of different reasons. But I think people do like that because they know they're going to be able to get more sure. time. And if they come in prepared and ready to go, I mean, it's it's a, a great recipe. So, yeah, we're, we're definitely are going after those blue-collar, work hard, get after it, get better, um, and, you know, let's represent Iowa. So how much do you work directly with the goalies now? You know, I do still quite a bit because it's super important to me. I say, I say to my team all the time, the goalkeeper is the most important person on the team. I mean, they know I, I'm, I'm joking, but kind of not really. I mean, come on, last line of defense, right? Yeah, So I still, still daily do work with the goalkeepers because I, I love that, It's a and it's my specialty. Um, and then, you know, quickly, obviously – integrate myself into into practice with everyone else so it's it's very positional my staff is awesome jess barnett who played here at iowa too was an all-american she 
you know, works with our midfield and defense and, and Michael Ball, our associate head coach, um, was a, an off great offensive coach and really tactically, tactically skilled. So he works a little bit more with our, with our attack, but we kind of, you know, put it all together as practice goes, but I make it a priority to still, still make sure I work with the goalkeepers. And I know you're coming off wins over Providence and Massachusetts, and it's fair to say defense yep. was the fair I mean, did to I, say. Didn't I? I read where did the one team didn't even get a shot on goal. Is that? Yeah. I mean, yeah, how does that happen? UMass is the top top twenty team, yeah. and that we were their their threats are in transition. I mean, we played unbelievable defense, uh, and that was just a, a big a big piece. I think teams know when they're going to play us. Like, okay, we got to find ways to to catch them in transition, and if they can't. Um, we just have an unbelievable back line in Anton Izel, who's the two-time Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year, yeah. Loka Stribos, Harper Dunn, and Grace McGuire. And I'm trying to find ways to have um, Anta and Loka take a sixth year. <laughs> They're in their fifth <laughs> year right now, so I don't know if I can find a way to make that happen. Probably not, but, man, they are probably two of the very best defenders in the entire country. So what does it take to be a great defender in field hockey? I mean, in basketball, you know, size, quickness. What is it in field hockey that yep. makes Anta such a great defender? Yeah. Yeah, I mean her size. First of all, she's. I mean, both of her and her and Loka are, are six feet tall almost. So that because of their reach, especially sure. you know using a stick in your hand, um, their mobility for their size is quite impressive. I think people at first at first glance would think they are slow, but they know how to play within themselves very good, and they're very mobile as as big tall defenders. Um, and then just their um, their timing and their approach is what really sets them apart. They have just unbelievable presence and poise and they can just read the situation and anticipate so well so they're, they they have been just unbelievable i can't say enough about them and that's what i wanted to ask you about just their presence how big yeah. is that because that obviously defense is a priority and when your star player is knowing more for defense yeah. that's really got to have a kind of a contagious effect doesn't it oh it really does and i mean and just also just you know, her, her communication and her ability to organize. I mean, she's her and Grace McGuire. They're truly the quarterbacks back there. Um, and she just, she, she makes everything look so effortless. I mean, I have people come up to me constantly, former coaches that watch the game or national team players. And they're like, wow, I've never seen a defender her size. So poised be able to cover the ground that she does and just have that type of an impact. And the other piece of it is she's, Fan, a fantastic distributor so she can make a pinpoint 50 60 yard pass uh with a sweeper hit that um <laughs> very few people can do so you know she kind of, she helps us on both sides of the ball um and with our set pieces as well so yeah we we're trying to hold on to onto every <laughs> as long as we can i don't blame you coach um uh, name image likeness is changing the, yeah. the landscape of college athletics and the portal and the portal as well what is that doing uh to the sport of field hockey you know i mean the transfer portal for sure has definitely um exploded for us in in the last year but more so in terms of just from student athletes like being able to take their covid year we don't there's not a lot of student athletes jumping from program to program because they're being offered something you know some extra incentive here or there because the name image likeness has not really crept into our sport much at all right now um just i think because you know we're not as well known we're not i mean yes we're on tv here or there but people don't really know the sport of field hockey as much so we, we only have a few people in our sport down at north carolina really Erin mattson she's probably the only one who has actually like a decent lucrative name image and likeness deal um but we have a there's a ton of student athletes who are either in the ivy leagues that are fantastic players or lower level mid majors that okay i'm going to take my COVID year and i'm going to go try to play in the big 10 or the acc and 
you know, that's it's really the Big Ten has seen a lot of um, they've added a lot of great transfers just in the last year that has really kind of even made made the parity and the, the the league even better. So, you know, the name image likeness, you know, our players joke all the time. They've they emailed businesses and trying to get the name out there. And I'm like, so how'd that work? You guys, what'd you get? And they're like, well, <laughs> 10 free Chipotle bowls. <laughs> you got to start somewhere. The extent of it right then. And uh, I know we had a couple players uh, you know, get sponsored by a, a tire company in town because they were big fans of Iowa wrestling, and they realized we were number one in the country too last year. And so they did a commercial and got a you know a bunch of free uh, oil changes. Which hey, that you'll take it where you can get hey. it, right? No, without question. So you were talking about how did you end up at Iowa? I know you're from the Philadelphia area, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. How yeah. did you end up yeah, at Iowa? Yeah, well, actually, my high school coach um, was an Iowa Hawkeye, okay. and so I met her and took me to the Final Four in 1990 out in Rutgers, first time I saw Iowa, and I was obsessed at that moment, and then really just once I learned a lot about Iowa, and at the time, they were, you know, in the last, like, three, four, five straight Final Fours, and I wanted nothing more than to be, be a Hawkeye, and, and at the time, we had one of the best coaching staffs in the country with the premier goalkeeping coach, Patty Shea, and so... Um, I just did everything I could to, to end up here, and it came down to a couple Big Ten schools, Ohio State, Penn State, um, and Iowa, and yeah, there was no question when I got out here. So. so was it hard not to go to Penn State, being that you were from out there, and was that a hard decision? <laughs> no, I mean, everybody always asks that, to be honest, no for me. I mean, everybody out in Philadelphia, and they want to go to Penn State, and um, I was looking for, for something different, and, and they have a great program, too, and a great coach that I'm good friends with, but um, you know, really, as soon as I got to Iowa and as soon as I learned about the tradition and just the differences for women's athletics here, especially at that time in the 90s, that there was there was no question. How much does that tradition fuel your players? Do they feel pressured? I mean, because if you look at field hockey, you could put field hockey and wrestling as yep. the two programs yep. in Iowa that have the highest standard and success yep. level. Is that pressure for some or do they use it more as motivation? You know, a little bit of both, to be honest. We talk a lot about what a what a privilege it is to be doing this at this division one level here at the University of Iowa and that we go to work every day to, to represent the women who came before us and to continue to, you know, put numbers up on those banners that are that are out of Grant Field. And, you know, probably a little bit more pressure for me than it is for them. Sure. But uh, I, I treat it as a privilege and they're they are very motivated by it. And I'll tell you, you know, everywhere they look, they see the number of final fours and, you know, twelve final fours and, and sixteen Big Ten championships and we have a great, great connection with our alumni that constantly come back and such great support um, to our student athletes and they, they pump them up. So, you know, we're recruiting student athletes that want to come here to help us con- continue to win championships. So it's a little bit of both, which I think is a good thing. And so what's, uh, what's up next on the schedule for our Looks listeners? Looks like you got three yeah. road games in a row, huh? Yeah. So, so we play uh, Indiana this Friday to kick off, uh, to open our Big Ten slate and, Best Indiana team they've had in quite a few years, so they're they're on a they're on quite a streak and just right outside of the top twenty five. So that'll be a good battle on Friday, and then then we play number one Northwestern uh, at Northwestern uh, next next Friday. So and then we're on the road for for quite a few weeks. So we have a brutal stretch coming up with uh, number one Northwestern, number three Maryland, number twenty Rutgers. I mean, it's the Big Ten is unbelievable. We have seven teams ranked in the in the top twenty right now, and and four of them are in the top top 10 so is northwestern always usually this good how unusual is it that they're number one right now yeah in the 80s they were fantastic I was biggest rival um and then you know had a real lull there you know through the through the 90s but the last you know five six years they've really come on the scene and and specifically the last two so you know in in 2020 
we we beat them to go to the final four mm-hmm. and last year they beat us to go to the final four and and they did end up winning that the national championship it was an uh you know unbelievable run by northwestern so we know them really well we play each other a lot a lot of mutual respect between the coaching staff so it's, it's going to be quite a battle um next friday live on the big 10 network so hopefully people oh, can tune so in great. Okay, well, Lisa, hey, we really appreciate you coming on, and it's always fun yeah, talking to you. you. And you guys have safe travels. Good luck. And, yeah, because, I mean, it's it's amazing the amount of success that you guys have been able to sustain. It's, in, oh, it's very you. impressive. Thank you. Tom, anything Best else? Best of luck, so, Coach. I so appreciate that. Thanks so much, you guys. Yeah, All right, care. Lisa. Safe travels. Good luck. All right. Bye. Bye. God, they do have just brutal schedule. <laughs> well, um, obviously, so, field hockey is just like volleyball. Yeah. Well, so the first two of the uh, Wake Forest in North Carolina were top 20 teams. North Carolina they were was top number five two. Teams. Yeah. And then they got, she just reeled Maryland's off. Maryland's three and Northwestern's it was one. one. And then Rutgers is right. I knew Maryland has been good. I did not realize that Northwestern had gotten this good quickly again. So, yeah, and Northwestern's really good in lacrosse, too. They're good in a lot of the Olympic sports. Yeah. The, only, um, the one question I guess, we've asked this before. How hard it is, how much more difficult it is for her recruiting in a state where they don't have the sport that she coaches. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's no there's no field hockey here. But I mean, like the ants, how'd she pronounce the name? Antje and Nigel, the star defensive player. She's from the Netherlands, so they go all over to recruit. But you no, know, you could argue that field hockey and wrestling have the most. Wouldn't you? I mean, field yeah. hockey won the national oh, title I, I in '86. So. I, I think so. those are the two programs that consistently year in and year out have the best have the best teams, and that's and impressive. And I've always, the, the few times, I mean, I've gone to some field hockey games. It's amazing the conditioning involved. Oh, that, yeah. I mean, they are, it's constant Well, same with soccer. Running. Yes. And we're going to have the soccer coach, Dave Diani here. I'm going to ask him, I guess I could have asked Lisa. To me, I see a lot of similarities between soccer and field hockey. The difference is, of course, one, you use a stick, and the other, you use your leg. But it seems like there's a lot of formation similarities. And, of course, the running. I'm sure these soccer players probably run six, seven miles during the course of a match, too. Oh, so, I'm sure they do. So, yeah, no, it's just impressive. And we didn't bring it up this time, but we've brought it up before. Remember where Lisa and the program was about six, seven years ago, guys? Remember the lawsuit and mm-hmm. the way Grease Bomb situation ended? That, that field hockey program, they could have been in trouble. But Ben, Lisa's done a great job of stabilizing that program when she had to, and now they're back to being a power again. They really haven't missed a beat. I, I was worried there that, that with all the fallout from the grease bomb situation that it could hurt the field hockey program, but they have been able to overcome that, and that's old news now. It is, and I'm glad that we didn't have to talk no, about it. No, no, we, we talked to her about it. The yeah. first time we had her on five, six years ago, we talked about that. It was timely then. Now it's not. They, they've moved on from that. So now back to football, Captain. Yeah. Fire them. Yeah. Who do you want to fire? <laughs> uh, the guy that uh, hands out the towels. To Petrus when he gets, maybe there's like chloroform or something on the, on the towel. You mean with, uh, on the sideline? Yeah, that makes him throw the ball over. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, I, so hopefully Spencer is. He's got to be more accurate. I mean, you can practice, 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 but fans aren't idiots. When they see a wide receiver ten yards, doing a ten yard down and out, and you miss him by three feet over his head, that's that, that's just unacceptable, and that's what's got to change, and hopefully it will. You know, but, yeah, people in the chat room is, uh, they're all experts, too. What are they saying? Uh, Ferentz says conservatism on offense prevents good skilled players from wanting to come here. 
Okay, that argument's been made for years. I mean, that, that's not really anything out of I the mean, ordinary. you made the, you know, there's no reason to fire anybody. Well, you, could make, a a ca- you could make a case for firing Brian Ferentz. Okay. I mean, if you're going to, I'm not saying they should. That's not my call, but a case could, a lot of offensive coordinators would have been fired by now with the numbers he's produced yes. over the, okay. that's all I'm saying. All right. Hold but on. I'm not saying, I'm no, not going to write a column saying fire Brian Ferentz. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I, that's not the time replaced two games into a season. But no, I think Brian has been given the benefit of the doubt in some of these situations because he's the head coach's son. And that's what irritates some fans. Now you got both you guys just buried in your cell phones. I'm talking. Well, I'm just so. looking at the soccer. I'm just trying to save something on here. Okay. That I trying got to save from my lawyer. Okay. But when I look out and I see both you guys, I'm listening the- to you. I'm still talking. I am capable. I am seventy. Multitasking. I am still capable. Okay. You're multitasking. Uh, okay. You guys. You guys talk, and I'm going to do it. And you. You and Suter hold a conversation. So have you gotten any further with getting your shots so you can come to some of the tailgates? Uh, no. No. They're not ready yet, are they? Shots? No, I mean, I've got to get a, a cortisone shot. Oh, I thought you were talking about and COVID. And the insurance, and I called the insurance, and they said they'd return my call yesterday. I got my flu shot yesterday. I usually yeah. don't get mine till. Oh, my doctor Anybody always cares? says to get mine in early November. That's what they always tell me to get mine yeah. in early November. That's uh, hopefully I'll be able to get a flu and co- by by November will we be able to get new COVID boosters? Uh, I hope so. I know some people are probably making yeah, fun no, of me. I think they're. I think it could get scared. Them scared. Live the woke son of a bitch. <laughs> well, I'm like I said, when the booster's available and they say it's available and it's free, I'm going to get one. I mean, I'm not. A, I don't think it's gonna have a microchip, and I don't think it's gonna no, cause could. my heart to explode. Well, I could. What a microchip? Yeah. You think they're putting them in there? Yeah. Yeah. The last thing the government wants to do is trace me. I got nothing. <laughs> Seriously. What about me? Well, you got nothing oh, either. Oh Jesus, he's watching Law and Order. Oh, God, he's yeah. going to McDonald's again. <laughs> well, Steve had a nightmare the other day at McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. What happened? Oh, my God. I ordered a Big Mac. Why? That's your first I, I, mistake. Yes. Those things are so nasty. I got one patty. I think it's... How many do they usually come with? Two. And like four slices of bread, right? Uh-huh. Uh, three. Okay. But I got... Somebody put the sauce over the sandwich. You mean on the bun? Top of the bun? Yeah. Maybe yeah, they, I just made a mess. Did you know if it was... was I couldn't it, eat it. Could it have been... Maybe it was Hurl. Maybe it wasn't Thousand Islands. You think maybe they could peaked have been, on it? Could have been Hurl. It could have been Hurl. I don't know. I didn't need it. It was. A, oh, I wouldn't. Have, it was you, ridiculous. And by the time you probably saw it when you got home, right? Yeah. Well, and then you didn't want to go back. I, I, it's a package. It says Big Mac. I'm in the you know the drive. Yeah. I actually I had a good experience. It took a little while. I was out. That's why I was a little late. But Panera's got this new breakfast sandwich. It's an Asiago bagel with sausage. Egg and cheese, it's good. I mean, Sounds it's a good. big. No, it's got 700 calories. It's a big, but I'm, I ate it before I came in here, and I'm stuffed. No, it was, and they toasted it. It's an Asiago bagel Yum. with sausage. I, the only that way I'd like it good. better is if it had bacon instead of sausage. But the sausage wasn't really overwhelming, but it was good. It's a really good, and that I've always wondered good. why Panera didn't have bagel sandwiches, and now they do have one. Because I've always thought Brewers had better breakfast. Yeah, their bag- burgers are great. Their breakfast sandwiches are good, and I was just really hungry. When I was coming in here and I had time, but it took them a while, and they apologized for it took took so long. But no, it's good. If you want a new breakfast sandwich, I love their Asiago bagels, and when they toast them, they're even better. Sounds wonderful. So, did you find any soccer information? 
Uh, I was looking at the, the women's schedule. And what's uh, their record right now? They are three, three, and two. Okay, okay. Um, they've had a lot of success recently, and um, but yeah, I just think it's good for our listeners to hear from some of these coaches of the Olympic sports because obviously they don't get as much attention as football and men's basketball, and I get that. I mean, that's um, that's just kind of the way the world the world is. And like I said, my Twitter, I'm getting the feedback. It's still. I, every time I refresh my Twitter, it's more... Still more... It's just p- more people... Sh- and that's fine. Or more people sharing their opinions. But the people that are going to, you know, rip me for not saying Kirk should be fired right now, I'm just... That's... Don't waste your time because I'm not going there. There's... It's... Re- nobody in the media is writing that Kirk Ferentz should be. At least I don't think so. I can't imagine there's anyone in the media that would say right now that Kirk Ferentz should be fired. That's ridiculous. No. That's no. ridiculous. Now, Brian Ferentz, that's a different situation, but that's Kirk's call right now. Kirk is the one that, what's that saying? He Kirk's made this bed, now he's got to, well, yeah. he's, he's sleeping in it. Yep. And I don't know how he gets out of this. The way, the only way you can get out of a Find Brian face, a job? Find Brian a job. In Where's the, he going to go for 900000 Where's no, he going to go for $900,000? Nowhere. nowhere. But to find a position coach in the NFL if they can find him one. And if he's willing to take probably a, close to a half a million dollar pay cut. Yeah. Now, I don't think money's ever going to be a problem for Brian Ferentz. No, no. But I heard rumors last year that they tried to do that this last offseason, but there were no takers. Yeah. I mean, like I said, you know, one thing that's holding him back besides this, the performance is that racial thing's still out there. Until they get that resolved, that's also probably something people don't want to deal with. Because uh, another thing you could do, but I don't think he ever would, would be to have Brian go back to being an offensive line coach. And then take like a three hundred, uh, a $600,000 That's right. That would be a very awkward situation. It, it would. Hello. Good morning, fellas. Hey. Good morning. Um, just a couple things to keep things in perspective. Have any of you seen the half-hour show on Big Ten Network on the first wave? Um, I have not. No. They, it's, it's worth watching. Okay, I'm sure it is. Um, how it all how it all came together. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, another thing, guys, I did get it's all complete for the, my three veteran brothers to be recognized this Saturday at the second quarter of the game. So, oh, you did? Oh, oh that is great. That's yeah. awesome. That is that good. Is. That'll be a cool moment. Congratulations. Yeah, so, yeah, so we're looking forward. They're looking forward to it more than anything. So, got to get out the fine details yet, but we got everything ready to go for them. So. No, there's a lot of things that put things in perspective, and definitely but that's that. yeah. that's so cool. That's Are they going to come to the tailgate? Uh, probably I'd like to not. Get them there. Actually, I have to park there at 49. Oh yeah, perfect. So, yeah, but I'll have. Uh, I think I'm going to be dropping them off first. They're going to get a little tour of the press box. And uh, if they were a little more mobile, if I knew if it wasn't going to be so crowded, I for sure would have them over your tailgate there, Tommy. So We had, but, a, uh, uh, we had a chance to talk uh, to tail, tailgate after the game with your kids. Oh, oh my daughter was there. Wasn't yes, she? Yeah. she was great. <laughs> we had, she knows her sports, let me tell you. We had so much fun with her. It was a, a yeah. sterner kind of day. Well, good, yeah, because we crashed it there earlier on you. And yeah. so, but, uh, well, that's good. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, she's a good kid. Yeah. So, 
Um, so, yeah, so anyway, so look for them guys down on the corner of the field. I think sometimes the second quarter TV timeout. So, and uh, they're, yeah, they're tickled to go. And they'll be up, hopefully, in the press box area someplace. You think they want a little, run into them, Dirk, you think they'd want a little um, pre-pub? I could always write something short for them and put it up on the website. It's up to if they would. Yeah. would well, um, yeah. I'll, I'll reach reach out to me afterwards, and because um, I yeah, that would be cool. I wouldn't. I mean, like to put something up and just to kind of let fans know what's going on. Okay, well, we'll do that. Okay, all right. Okay, I'll, thanks. I'll so, give you all a little while. Okay, thanks, right, Derek. Thanks. Yep. Yeah, it's cool. It's getting warm out. Uh, seventy. I know it was fifty-two yeah. when I yeah it when was, I got oh, in the car. Oh, it was chilly when I it walked was, the dog. This it morning. was forty-six when I got here. Yeah, I mean, even these days where it's going to be like eighty-six, when I hear you guys' forecast, it's still going down to the low fifties at night. Oh, my air's off now. Um, but if it gets up to eighty-six, like it's supposed to, one, I'll have to turn my air back on. I have, not, have you had your heat on yet? No, I haven't either, Captain. Have you had your heat on yet? Once, once a few. Maybe yeah, I've not three had weeks ago. Or... I can go better without heat than I can without air. I I can. It's easier for me to warm. But man, if well, it I want to make sure if, it's working. If before, it, yeah, I just had mine serviced, thankfully. But I just um, I cannot handle humidity and heat. There's nothing worse. I got to have the air on. I am with you. Yeah. No. Yes. Yeah, and early. Yeah. I have the air conditioning on early. Heater just depends on what's going on, you know, weather-wise, obviously. So what's it supposed to be Saturday now? Are we back to 80 degrees? and uh... Low 80 Saturday, uh, chance of showers in the morning. Saturday night, slight chance of rain, upper 60s. Oh, it'll be perfect. Yeah. Well, it can ra- get the rain out of its system in the morning then. Yeah, back-to-back night games. Not crazy yep. about that. Got my stringer hired. I've um, Third time's a charm. Got a... Very qualified stringer that's going to... Oh, for pro- Rutgers? For Rutgers. Everett Merrill is his name. Had a nice conversation with him. He already gets... He already has season pass credentials, so I didn't even have to do that. But Great. I know he was not thrilled. He would much rather have the game be a noon kickoff, and I understand that. But, I mean, back-to-back night games, it, it is what it is. I mean, I've had a lot of people say that they think Kinnick's going to be half empty. I don't... I don't think it's going to be that extreme you i mean think for tonight for, for Nevada, yeah oh you watch pat we're we're, oh. we're fed up we're done you watch how many empty seats yeah. will be there. i don't think oh. there'll, there'll be there. some there'll be some but i don't think it's going to be even close to a fourth empty oh my god i just think no. people are overreacting and i get it the offense is just crud city but my god could it be down a couple thousand possibly yeah possibly i mean they had sixty-one thousand for last year's season opener yeah. so but like like I said before, the tickets are already sold. I yeah. mean, it's still gonna it's gonna be a Nebraska sellout. But it's not gonna be anything close to. And if they win conventionally and somehow go out to Rutgers and squeeze out a win and they're three and one, you watch. It will. Michigan will be full. Michigan will be full, and there'll be some people. If the offense is showing any life, okay, I like kind of where we're going now with our defense and with Tory Tory Taylor. You know what the hell? Bring on Alabama. You know that's gonna. <laughs> I mean. We'll see. They're not that far off from being three and one, even though they're real far off offensively. I mean, yeah. I could see them going out and winning at Rutgers eleven to six. Oh, sure. Thirteen to nine. I really could, and winning with two hundred and ten yards of offense and shutting. I could see that happening. If they do that, they're three and one with a horrible offense. Yeah, horrible and offense. That that could happen. 
Well, their chance to start getting some uh, getting some confidence back is this Saturday. And yeah, and I think that's part of the reason Kirk wants Spencer in there. I think he feels he owes it to Spencer. Kirk has gone out of his way to say that he just has not had enough help. And I think that's the narrative he's going to keep pushing. And I think he wants to see how Spencer responds to a situation where he's probably going to have enough help. I mean, this defense is... I mean, I would like to think that Iowa would defeat Incarnate Word if they played. I would like to think so. <laughs> where is where's Incarnate Word from? You know where it's located? Uh, no. I don't have the slightest idea. I don't no. either. I never. I might even have looked it up before. I didn't even realize they played Division One football until just a few years ago. But they've had decent players. They've had players transfer out of there. Yeah, the Washington State Washington quarterback. State quarterback was from Incarnate yeah. Word. So, so yeah, they can they can recruit, but. I just, like I said, I'll be surprised if this game is competitive into the fourth quarter. And if it is, then Iowa's got some serious problems. Real big problems. Because it's not going to be competitive in a scoring fest. The only way it's going to be competitive is if the, the offense is completely laying an egg. And if they're laying an egg against this Nevada team and Spencer's terrible and Kirk does not give Padilla a chance, that will be a terrible look. And I'll write that this was a, another lost opportunity. And I think, I'll write that I think Kirk is making a mistake by just being so stubborn and so unwilling to just give somebody a shot. But I don't say that they need to fire him or whatever. You can no. disagree, but you don't have to take it to the extreme. I guess is what I'm saying. Not great. Yeah. I mean, it's just, again, you got to look back and see what they've done. This is just, you know, this could be an anomaly. Well, I, I don't, I think this is more of the same. It's just, this is Iowa bad offense on steroids. It's yeah. just, this is everything to the extreme. I thought the offense was going to have issues this year. I remember telling you guys, when I was picking their nine and three, my biggest concern about why I thought nine and three was a lot closer to eight and four than to is the offense. This is not a mystery. It's just nobody expected it to be this, this bad. This bad. But yeah. I wasn't like I said. There was some media people pushing that narrative. Things are better because that's what those certain media people do every year to build hope and get clicks and to get attention on social media. There was you shred it. There was a lot of right. Oh, we're, the routes are better now. We're communicating better. This John Budmeyer's came in and he is. Just just provided such a spark, I didn't believe any of it. Nope, nope. Well, and I thought before the season I had us at eight and four. But I remember you saying you thought they were seven five. and five, and you were way less optimistic than me. And so far, you're correct. But I wasn't. Uh, I didn't think it would be this bad. Well, no, because right now you can't take any of the nine Big Ten games and say that Iowa is a surefire winner. No. None of them. No, not one game on their schedule right now. Even at even against Nebraska, hell. It, barely beat Nebraska with better offenses, there's not one of those games that they cannot lose. And lots of times with Big Ten games, there's usually one or two Big Ten games where you just yeah, say, you yeah, know, we're gonna win that we'll one. win that one no matter. There's, there's nothing like that on the schedule no. now. And that's because of the offense. Yeah. I mean, no, the, defense no, no is good. the defense is good enough to compete with anybody. Are you worried that Michigan's going to come in here and just, just rock them? I think it'll be a – What do you call it? Boat race? Is that the boat term? Boat race, yeah. It's, I think – in my head right now, it's something like twenty-seven to six. Okay, that would not be good. No, that but that's in, but it would be an improvement over forty-two to three or whatever it was mm -hmm. in the championship. No, that was not good. No, and I, I haven't felt good about that game. I don't feel. I had Iowa. Reasons. I had Iowa winning twenty-one to twenty before the season, but no, I definitely don't feel that now. And we'll see. I mean, Kirk has. He's got himself a situation here, 
And I think sometimes the thing with Kirk yesterday, he didn't seem real sure of himself talking to us. Yeah. And that's the first time I've ever really seen him. Lots of times he'll be, he will be criticized for being dismissive and being snarky and kind of condescending when we're trying to ask him football related stuff. Kind of this, you know, guys, I've been doing. Yesterday he seemed just kind of timid and unsure of himself because I think there's so much going on in his head about why he can't answer these questions without offending players and he's not going to do that. But I'm also thinking that maybe Kirk does put maybe a slightly of too much emphasis on practice with the quarterback situation where in a situation like this, why not just give somebody a chance to see if they can catch lightning in a bottle for a couple quarters in a game. That doesn't mean you got to say, okay, Alex Padilla is our starter now, but I just, I think he's so afraid to make changes because he thinks it's going to lead to problems. But what doesn't make sense is they've already got problems. There's not much worse than they can do what they're doing now. That's well, why you fans... can't be worse than the worst offense in America. Well, they could be worse. They could average like 120 yards a game instead of 158. But no, they are the worst FCS offense. 131 out of 131. That's where they are. And it's not close. And so we'll see. I mean, I think Kirk maybe is a little surprised that fans have turned this quickly. But that's the nature of the beast. You know... W- one and one isn't isn't that bad, okay? Losing to Iowa State, and I don't think that was an, a great Iowa State team. Nor do personally. I. Personally. I don't either. And, you and know, it didn't play great. No, no. They made a lot of mistakes. A lot of mistakes. And if we had played even a semi-competent offensive game, we would have won that game easily. I think so. But we didn't. No. And that's why people are pissed. Because not only did we not win it, but we are completely inept up to this point. And I'm concerned about the kicking game. Kicker. Mm. He's had three. He's one of three, right? He's one of three. That's not That's good. That's not good enough. And I know it was raining and it was tough circumstances, but that kick Saturday, the moment that left his foot, I mean, yeah. it had no chance. Yeah. So I'm concerned about the kicking game. The punting game's great. Defense is great. But you need a little bit more than that. And um, so, yeah, the offense and the kicking game right now are major concerns. Yeah. So, chance to get to heal a little bit this coming Saturday is, you know. What if they lose like 20 to 7? Saturday? Yeah. Oh, I can't even imagine. Well, I can imagine. I mean, I, I mean, <laughs> I, <laughs> I they, mean, because it would just be. And the offense gets like 196 yards. And could you, I don't think that's going to happen. How do you spell? In- e, I, I, N. C-A-R-N-A-T-E, I believe. I And then word. Get it close and it should come up. I-N-C-A-R-N-A-T-E. N-A-T-E. Word. 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 It comes up. I wanted to say Pennsylvania. but San Antonio. Oh, Texas. Was not a wow! I did not realize it was in Texas. I was going to say Louisiana, but well, the, they've in the being South, in Texas. They probably got some good players they on there. They in probably the Southland Con, uh, okay. Conference. Okay, they probably got some good good skill players. I mean, Texas. Not everyone goes to Texas and Texas A and M and all that, and they probably they probably do have some decent skill players. I mean, I remember so many times watching a game like at night, watching like Cal Poly versus. And they'll and I'll say to myself, now how do they have those fast receivers and Iowa doesn't? And I know other people that have watched. You'll watch like Louisiana versus Sam Houston State, and you'll say, okay, look at those receivers for Sam. 
Why can't Iowa get those? But that's been going on for years. Years. That's just not now. Well, I felt that same thing when I was watching Georgia Southern. Yeah. And sit there saying, you know, these guys have got, are loaded with playmakers, and we can't get hardly any. Well, and then somebody brought up to me, you know, Pat, part of the reason is they don't want to be in this offense. We lost a lot of good receivers to the portal. No, he didn't. Charlie Jones was the best, followed by Tyrone Tracy. The other three, no disrespect, they all transferred way down because I think they were in over their heads at this level. They couldn't compete at Iowa, and no other Power 5 teams won them. That goes back to recruiting. Right now, I, they've made some questionable calls in recruiting receivers, but I think it's a situation where they, and oftentimes they have to take what they can get at receiver because there's not wide receivers not pounding down the door to get to play football at Iowa. I've got uh, Dave on the phone. Okay. Okay, Coach uh, Dave Diani, uh, Iowa women's soccer coach. My first question is, uh, so the Iowa football team just played a rough, nasty game with Iowa State, and I know you've played uh, three in-state teams already this year, winning two of the three. What's your uh, rivalry with Iowa State like? You know, it's 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 uh, you know it's intense like all the rest of the sports. Uh, it, it is it is uh, embellished with the Cyhawk series, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, that that eight nine years ago, that was very obvious that winning the state and but also winning the Cyhawk series points for your institution and for Hawkeyes is is really important. And uh, you know, unfortunately, we weren't able to do that this year, although we did play very well. Um, and uh, are very disappointed that we weren't able to uh, start. We're usually the first game uh, out of the gate, you know, in in, the, in August, uh, in the fall. And unfortunately, we weren't able to get that done. But it is pretty intense as well. Dave, how often do you find yourself recruiting against Iowa State for players? You know, in the, in the last eight nine years, not very often. Um, I, they are under. They are uh, two years in to a coaching change, which I I do believe. Uh, will will bring a little bit more competition, um, but I think you know we've had an eight nine year you know head start to be able to get entrenched in the state of Iowa, and um, and uh, whether that be you know youth players coming through camps and have been coming to camps since they were middle school and elementary, or uh, or their families went to University of Iowa in, in uh, Iowa City, so. Uh, we don't compete a lot, but I think that might happen a little bit more as we get here in the near future. Dave, we had Lisa Salucci on just a few minutes ago, and one of the questions I asked her is to describe her style. What you know, We always hear, like with Fran McCaffrey, they play up-tempo and whatever. What is your style as a soccer coach? When you're recruiting players, what are you known for? Well, I think we're blue-collar in nature. Uh, I think whether you're a forward, you're an attacking player, you're a defending, or a defending player, uh, you were blue collar in nature. Um, we want to work hard. We're not no, we're not afraid to work hard. We 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 work gritty. We want to uh, we want to be physical, um, but 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 we also have to be athletic. We have to we have to be able to run. We've got to be able to be up tempo in the attack, um, and and uh, be be skillful to, so that we can score goals. So, but I think ultimately the biggest thing that we're looking for is people want to get better. Okay. People are a growth mindset want to learn, want to get better. Um, I think we have a great staff that players get better from freshman year to senior year, and I think a lot of our department, the coaches are very very good in, in terms of development. Lisa was saying that her athletes probably run about, what, six, six miles? miles. During the, is it the same with your soccer athletes? How many miles do they put in during the course of a match? Yeah, we're a little bit more, not much more, but we're a little bit more. It's just the nature of the, of the size of the field being bigger than a, okay. a, a field hockey. 
Um, but, but I mean, my, my gosh, her, her women are, are fit and they're athletic and skillful. We're a little bit more. We're probably more like seven to eight, so probably a mile or two different. Um, our high players could be nine or ten. So how much – If obviously then there's a ton of emphasis on strength and conditioning. Just talk about the importance of that in your sport. Well, I, th- I think that's been more evident in the last three, four years than ever before is the conditioning and the strength and conditioning that is needed, the weight room time. Um, these athletes, this generation of athletes, are bigger and faster and stronger, which means they're more powerful. They move quicker. They cut quicker. They're faster. The, the competitiveness, the collisions are harder. So if you're not able to prepare and, and protect yourself, um, both from your opponents and yourself, quite honestly, uh, then you're, you're going to end up being injured. So I think the emphasis for strength and conditioning has become – it's 12 months of the year mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. players and programs that don't do that, um, I end up not being very successful. So when you do recruiting, uh, do you, I mean, we always hear from Kirk and Hayden used to say thing. The first thing we want to do is lock down the border. Is that, is that how it is with you two? The best high school soccer players in Iowa, your goal is to get them first and foremost. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we, we, we've done a nice job of, of, of having, you know, having these young kids, grew up wanting to be Hawkeyes. And uh, so it's really important for us to find the, find the first uh, one or two better players uh, in the state of Iowa. And then we, and then we build it out from there. We, you know, want to go to Illinois, we want to go to Missouri with, you know, the states that, that bracket us, um, you know, as you know, Illinois, you know, our university, of Iowa, most of the Illinois residents look at the university of Iowa as mm-hmm. an state school. Um, so there's a lot of Hawkeyes in Chicago. So that's really important that we, we win. Uh, we win Chicago as well. You you kind of touched on this already, but we we were as Pat said, we were just talking to Lisa Salucci a few minutes ago, and it seems like uh, the the a lot of the Iowa coaches are try to recruit the same type of athlete. They're trying to get your blue collar come to work every day, develop de- and develop the team. And it sounds like that's the kind of player that you're after mostly. Oh, no doubt in my mind. Um, and I think you're spot on. I think whether you're it's Fran or Lisa or, you know, or, um, or Lisa Bluter or Sasha, you know, whoever it is, I, I think that you, we are, we are, we're a school that's going to bring your, you know, bring their lunchbox. We're going to work hard. We're going to grind you. Um, and we're going to develop to get better. And, but we, you know, ultimately for me, I want to, I want you to be passionate about being a Hawkeye. I want you to be passionate about, I want your family to be passionate about being a Hawkeye. And uh, I think when you have those, those student athletes and those families that bleed black and gold, uh, you know, they, they put a little bit more into it, mm-hmm. a little bit more invested in their experience. We asked Lisa this too, name, image, and likeness transfer portal. How much of an impact is that having on your sport? Uh, name, image, and likeness, uh, it's minimal in our program right now. I think we need to do some things to help uh, our women. Uh, I think that will be something we'll, we'll focus on in the off season quite a bit. But okay. the transfer portal uh, certainly has helped us the last two years, uh, mostly with grad transfers. Okay. Uh, player, you know, players that are, you know, came from Furman or came from Richmond or Butler uh, or even Northern Michigan. Um, you know, Houston, you know, student athletes that have one more year and want to play at a higher level and, and have aspirations to be a pro and, and, uh, and chose our institution to, 
to play in, quite honestly, the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. The Big Ten is, you know, one of the top top two or three conferences in the country for women's soccer right now. And when we add UCLA and USC, it'll be the best in the country. So, uh, you know, what a great, great platform to play in. So have you uh, targeted some kids that, that have a COVID year left? Well, we have we have five, we have five on on our roster right now. We had two last year. Uh, we are we are actively pursuing um, a couple of uh, grad transfers for next year as well. Uh, next year, we we lose about eight eight nine seniors, so wow. we we will be pretty young, talented, but young next year. So it'd be nice to get a couple of grad transfers, get a little bit older. Dave, are there certain states that, if you were to list the states that have the best high school soccer, are there some that just stand out above the? Is it easy or, or is it spread out? It no, it, it's easier to know. Um, I think it's just like for for basketball with AU teams, a lot of the you you know where they come from. Sure, so sure. you know, I think Illinois, Michigan, California, um, New Jersey, Missouri, Texas. Uh, Colorado, those are probably the top states right now um, in, in terms of women's soccer. And then and then there are, there are others that are probably right below them. But uh, a lot of it is the coaching and the size of the states where they're able to get you know, competition and, and develop amongst playing each other. I know. I think I've asked you this before, but I think it's always worth asking. What age would you, if to anyone young listening with kids, what age would you recommend they start playing competitive soccer? What do you think is a good time to start? Well, I think, you know, the, 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 the golden years are kind of, you know, 10 to 14, right? Okay. That's when they really start. They, they, they're able to really develop their foundational skills and, and learn, to learn, you know, and I, I do believe this, what, what learning, learning to win and lose is, you know, and mm-hmm. I think that's important, you know. Um, but prior to that, it's a bit more developmental and it's a bit more uh, having fun. And so I, I, I would say 12, 13 would okay. be a really good number. In my mind, okay. And for those who aren't as familiar with soccer, where would you say the Big Ten ranks right now? I mean, we always hear about how great the Big Ten is in volleyball, uh-huh. field hockey. Uh-huh. Where where is the Big Ten in soccer right now, in your eyes? Well, I think we're third, we're third, third, for, third or fourth for sure. We're okay. not lower than fourth, but probably third. Um, you know, I, you know, right now, Pac-12 is. Uh, the problem is the Big Ten right now is top to bottom, one through fourteen. Everybody's good. Okay. That's we're the deep we're the deepest conference in the country, no doubt about that. Okay, um, for women's soccer, you know, uh, but I would say that the Pac-12 have three or four top end teams, uh, and the ACC have a couple of teams that are probably above ours. But we're the deepest, top to bottom, for sure. Interesting. So UCLA and USC are really going to enhance things oh for gosh. the Big Ten. Yeah, we'll be we'll we'll we'll, we'll climb to the top. In the country, awesome. In not just depth, not just depth, but in terms of overall talent uh, of the teams. So okay. there's been a lot of coaching changes here at Iowa, in particular, but all through the Big Ten that has really ad- advanced and evolved the coaching level and the recruiting level, and uh, that's made the Big Ten that much diff- more difficult to plan. Uh, Coach, w- w- when I was growing up, soccer was kind of not. A thing that as kids you sure. say, you know, I really want to do this. Soccer sure. looks great. It just wasn't a thing. But now it has really grown, and it's it's kind of a huge thing. Especially and in this town. It, it's really it's really amazing for me to see. And uh, how has and how much has the sport changed because of the increased interest? 
Well, I think I think you're spot on. I think it was you know just like Iowa, we were last. You know, I, women's soccer was other than West wrestling. Women's soccer was the last sport added mm-hmm. uh, to the university, and I think you you would see that amongst most of the Big Ten programs. So uh, it's not abnormal. You that you know that communities would be a little farther behind. I think. You know, there, there have been some, you know, tournaments and events like the World Cups and the Olympics mm-hmm. that the U.S. have held, you know, back in, in the, the 90s and uh, in the early 2000s that I think helped skyrocket um, uh, women's women's soccer. Uh, and I think because of the women's, women's Olympic team and women's um, national team, they're very successful. So that helps a lot. Um, I think... It's a sport that is minimal in cost when you're when you're throwing your you know your child in you know and they, they get exercise you have to buy a ball and a cleats and, and, and shoes versus maybe hockey and some of those other you know uh, sports so it's minimal in cost your your child exercises and they're part of a team which for specifically with women that's what they enjoy right so mm-hmm. i think those are the reasons why i think the numbers are skyrocketing like they are so tell uh, for our listeners what do you have coming up schedule wise well we play uh friday night at seven with wisconsin uh play we host wisconsin badgers friday night at 7 p.m so the opening of our big 10 tournament uh big 10 season and uh and then next weekend we go on the road to play michigan state and ohio state so right off the begin right off the start we get probably uh, three of the top six teams in the Big Ten. And so we'll know where we're at. Um, we need to get a little bit healthier, but we're, we're playing pretty good soccer right now. Did I see where the, the Wisconsin game is blackout? It is. It's a blackout uh, Friday night, 7 o'clock. Um, it's a, we've, we've, uh, Wisconsin has a pretty good history of success, and we've actually had a pretty good history of uh, success with them the last three, four years. How big is home field advantage in soccer, like in Big Ten matches? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I think I think it's a big deal because you've got, you've got the fans and uh, soccer soccer fields can be different dimensions. Uh, you know, you can go anywhere from 120 yards long to 100, 110 uh, yards versus 80 and to all the way down to 70. So you wouldn't think that would be a big difference, but it is. Specifically, when you add the elements around it, mm-hmm. where if the grandstands are on top or there's buildings, and it can give you a really, you know, really closed-off perspective, perspective, um, you know, uh, you know, depending on where you're playing. Coach, we really appreciate you joining us this morning, and uh, all the Hawk Hawkeye world is pulling for you guys and uh, beat the Badgers. Thanks, Dave. It was fun to yeah. catch up. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. Thanks so much for having me. I always. I always enjoy talking to all Hawkeyes. All right, Coach. Appreciate it. Thank you. Have a great day. You yep, too. You too. Action-packed show. Yeah, I know. It's We're still going. 11 o'clock. Remember when yeah. this thing was from 9 to 10? Back in the day. It was like maybe twice it was that long. Twice, yeah. And then we just had so much to say, so much breaking, yeah. cutting-edge analysis yeah. that we had to go longer. Yeah. We can't be – can we be contained, Captain? Oh, sure, we could. You think we can be contained? Oh, yeah. what, what, what's more predictable, us or the Iowa offense? Us. <laughs> Are we more predictable than the Iowa Not offense? Not at all. No, Iowa's I think, offense uh, is very predictable, which is part of the problem. we could be more offensive than... Are than we, we can be more offensive at times. <laughs> yes. We've laid, we've laid as big eggs as the Iowa offense. <laughs> oh, 
Now, who's, I would which, think. Which one of us is Petrus? <laughs> Probably me. I think you, I'm, you, over, I'm overthrowing. Well, you're the only one. When you say he's Petrus? Well, technically, no. He's got to be Kirk, doesn't he? Technically. Well, okay. Then uh, you're Petrus. Or, I'll, or, or, or well, Brian. I can be Brian. Well, then I'm Petrus. But you're success. <laughs> then I'm Petrus. Who's Hunter? Hunter's the offensive line. <laughs> yeah. And that is one thing that Tommy's I Tommy's the wide receiver. And I do think the offensive line is one thing that's kind of been given a pass during. And I don't want to single, but the offensive line has not been very good. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. I mean, this year? Well, this year. Especially. Well, I'm talking this year. The offensive line has not been no. very good. No. And that's not all. That doesn't excuse everything that Spencer's. Because there's been times where Spencer's had time to throw and he's missed receivers. But this is just a collective effort of just kind of sucking. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Hello. Hey, I don't follow soccer, but did I understand him correct that fields can be different lengths? Yes. Yes, I did not realize that. I didn't that. either. No, I did. I thought that was interesting. I did not realize that. All right, thanks. Yep. Yeah, I found that extremely yeah. interesting. And I didn't. That's cool that you were able to find that they were having that blackout. So they do stuff like that. That can make a difference. Yeah. That, yeah. Can, that can make a difference. And I know some people that love going over there and watching soccer and um, field hockey. The problem with me lots of times is I've got other stuff at 7 o'clock on a Friday night. I mean, I'm going to try to get over there, though, or I may see if Dallas Jones wants to go over there. Because we went over there and covered a, some of their stuff and shot video, and they appreciate that. And it is amazing the kind of shape these athletes are in. It, uh, astounding, really. It, it's incredible. I mean, because they just run and run and run. They put in so much time. They don't have a lot of scholarship money. They don't get a lot of attention as you can tell nil is having no no, no on, impact on either sport. on either sport which didn't surprise me there's no. just not the money there but the transfer portal is huge yeah. i mean and they're using it they they have to use it i mean both coaches said they what did lisa say uh they went and sent out some emails and stuff and got 10 chipotle <laughs> bowls <laughs> yeah i thought that was pretty, i thought that was pretty funny but hey it's better than nothing oh hey yeah. you bet well we're gonna wrap this up i got a dental appointment we got calls this, coming in i take this one call yeah i just got my reminder for my october, i'm ready october 10th is my cleaning yeah. i just lance just reminded me hello hey guys it's southern justin i'm bummed out today oh, oh that's too bad why are you bummed out because me and my brother is driving to New London. Who was driving? I I was coming back to Burlington, Iowa. I was getting ready to get on the uh, to get on the interstate. Yeah, and realized you don't have a license and decided <laughs> not to. Right? <laughs> no, my brother was like, "What are you doing? What are you doing? You, you're going you're going the wrong way." <laughs> Jesus! Oh my God! Without so oh. he told me, "Just do a Yui and get in the right lane." <laughs> Oh, my God. So I was doing the UE, and somebody smacked me right in my dad's car. All right. Oh, now boy. that's why Southern Justin needs a license. I'm lucky to be alive. Do you have insurance? No, he doesn't have insurance. There's no, in, there's does, no insurance and his dad's at all. Not, okay. So this person that hits you is just completely screwed, right? Yep, their car got taken to the... The shop, and plus my car got. All right, now, taken ca- the now, Captain, you're pissed, right? Okay, and so was the police <laughs> called? No, this show's show not going to end okay. well. Okay, so when the police were called, did they ask you if you have a license? Yep, I got, I got ticketed. I got three, uh, I got three tickets. Yeah, they said we, they said we know if you don't pay him, you, you have to go to court. Otherwise, if you don't go to court, you go to jail. You go to jail. 
but they have a warrant a, a, a warrant out for my arrest. I'm like, okay, I'll I will get. I told myself I'll get them paid. How, how, much, how much were they, if you mind me asking? I don't know. They're one of them is 250 bucks to uh, get my car out of the uh, impound. How much is the ticket though for driving without a license insurance? I don't know. It's about. Like twelve hundred dollars or something like that. Wow! Wow! What an expensive. That's U-turn. a lot of money. That's an expensive. Well, I know, it but, sure is, but Captain has been warning you. Told you, absolutely. Well, I got to get my license. All right. Well, good luck no with more that. Driving. Now, I gotta, now I'm back to riding a bike. Well, this will give you more time to focus on the song of the week too. Doesn't that run on Fridays? Yeah. Because that's w- I know that's a big W-E-A-K. thing. W E A K. You should do I Drive All Night by Cindy Lauper. That should be this week's. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right, hey, I feel bad for you, but dude, you got to get a license. There's, I, you know, you, there's you, laws. Yeah. I feel more. I feel bad for you, but I feel worse for the person you hit. Yeah, you shouldn't have been driving. Well, they they didn't they they didn't hit me. They hit I didn't hit them. They hit me. Right? But I, you I, were I, doing it. Smacked my dad's car. Yeah, but that's because you were doing a U-turn because you were going the wrong way on a freeway. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you're going the wrong way on on the highway. No, you're lucky somebody didn't get killed. Yeah. So just use this as the last warning to get that license. Yeah, stay on your bike happen. until you get that it's license. Never gonna happen. I will. I will stay on my bike. Yeah, I mean, it, it didn't ruin it. It didn't ruin my car too bad. It's the front. The front fender is all like bent. Headlights out. You were driving without a license, going the wrong way on the highway. I'm not going to, I don't feel, maybe everybody else will feel sorry for you. I don't. No. I don't feel so. No. Tom doesn't. No. Pat doesn't. Nobody should feel Hunter? sorry for you. Tommy? Because you could have killed someone. Tommy said not really. He's holding out a little ray You of, didn't get killed. Just use this as you the You didn't li- kill the other person. This should be the last so straw, Justin. You this. should actually feel pretty good yeah. that you didn't get killed and the other could person have been a lot didn't worse. get killed. And no one else got killed. Yep. No, that's gotta. I just gotta get my license now. Yep. Oh, well, good luck with that. Oh yeah. boy. All right. Let's yeah. end. Let's let's. All right. Here. Thanks. All right. Worse. Worse off. His driving situation or the Iowa offense. Well, at least he hit somebody. <laughs> <laughs> and with that. <laughs> And with that, uh, thanks to Coach Lisa Salucci and Dave Diani from University of Iowa for joining us today. And uh, hawkfanatic.com, check it out. It's free.